What's up, everyone? This is Christian. Uh, welcome into another episode of the True North Podcast. A um, little bit of housekeeping before I jump into this episode. So it's beautiful, sunny day here in St. George. Birds chirping, uh, sun shining. Everything looks awesome. Uh, but there's like simultaneously this craziness happening with politics and the Capitol being stormed and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, and it's too much to dive into now because I don't want to take away from what this podcast is, is, is about. Uh, my guest today is, is awesome. Um, so we're not going to go there yet, but I'll probably dive into it at a different time. It's just what's been on my mind a lot lately. But as far as, uh, you know, all that goes, just hang in there, everybody. <laughs> and let's try to find some common ground and hopefully not rip each other apart. So, uh, yeah, that being said, um, True North Float is, we have some exciting new announcements. So we are bringing on a couple other services. I think I might have already mentioned private yoga, but um, that's happening on Wednesdays. So uh, Untamed Yoga, my my beautiful girlfriend, Lily, she's going to be doing private yoga sessions, or she is doing private yoga sessions on Wednesdays. And it pairs amazing with floating. Obviously, once you float, you can really get into your body, you know, make your body open and relaxed and, and really get that inner connection. And then uh, from there, go into, you know, a one-on-one -on -one session where the yoga is completely tailored to you and you can really get a lot of amazing progress that way. Anyone who's dealing with uh, any specific injuries or, uh, you know, traumas that you want to work through, that is my go-to. It's, it's floating in yoga. That's kind of been my, uh, secret sauce. Well, plus the edibles, of course. <laughs> so, um, the other thing we're, we're bringing on that's exciting is massage. Uh, we have just one therapist right now and it's part-time. So we're only going to be doing massage on Sundays, Sunday afternoons for now. And then we'll, we'll expand that. But um, massage is another one of those things that just pairs amazingly with floating. It's like right up there with sauna as the number one and two, you know, kind of alternative service to offer with floating across the float industry. So they go really well together. Once, obviously, once again, your body's just more open, more pliable. That Epsom salt really loosens you up. And then that therapist can make a lot more progress and get in there. Uh, and we have an amazing massage therapist, Kirsty Lovett. Uh, she's just a, a phenomenal body worker. I have a massage scheduled with her tomorrow and I'm super pumped about it. So anybody who wants to take advantage of that, uh, book them out as far out as you can so that you can guarantee the float massage combo because those floats have been filling up super fast. We're already kind of booked out for this Sunday. So uh, you know, as far as getting that, if you want to get the combination with either the yoga or the massage, then you, you want to book it out more in advance so that you can guarantee that nobody, uh, fills up the schedule where you want to do that. So the other super exciting thing and, and what this podcast is all about is, uh, hypnotherapy. So kind of digging into the subconscious and, uh, going deeper. And we are now teaming up with Align Mind Hypnotherapy. Um, they're going to be here on Thursdays. So Tamara Sargent and Sarah McAllister. Uh, so they're, they're here on Thursdays. 
primarily uh, Tamara as far as, you know, who's going to be here on Thursdays doing the actual hypnotherapy. And she's got a ton of experience and all of the, all of the things that you'd want, you know, her to have. And she's, uh, she's amazing according to everyone that I've talked to who's, who's been through her session with her. So we're excited. And you can once again, pair that with floating. The recommended pairing with that one would actually be to float after your hypnotherapy session so that you can integrate that whole experience um, and go go deep. It's a two-hour session. So those are available on, on Thursdays. And that's what this podcast is about. My guest is Sarah McAllister. Um, she's the owner of Aligned Mind Hypnotherapy. And so this is, this is um, one that we've been talking about doing for a while. We've been talking about collaborating for a while. Sarah is a really awesome person. Uh, she's really connected here in the, especially in the alternative sort of wellness and healing uh, health community here in St. George or Southern Utah. She's not just involved with her hypnotherapy business, but she also works with uh, Fusion Pharmacy and uh, they're, they're a really cool business that's bringing a more conscious approach to, to uh, medicine and pharmaceuticals and, and getting people seeing a more holistic, bringing a more holistic approach to the farm pharmaceutical industry. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of exciting, cool stuff we talk about in this podcast, everything from hypno hypnosis to psychedelics and sort of the evolution of, of consciousness and where we're at right now. Um, but yeah, Sarah's just, she's good people and I was really excited to have her on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast with Sarah McAllister. Enjoy. What do you mean by the word I? What we call reality is in fact nothing more than a culturally sanctioned and linguistically reinforced hallucination. Welcome to the True North Podcast. Let's let's dig in a little bit into why you got, before I like ramble on about, you know, what I'm doing, like let's get into why you got into hypnotherapy, why you got into uh, helping, like to me, you've always been, ever since I met you, like the, the day, I, the night I met you, <laughs> we we were talking about. Um, you asked me like what I was doing. I mentioned true North and floating and then you're like, Oh, do you want to get on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just immediately wanted to like help me and you immediately wanted to, um, kind of put a mic in front of me because it was, it was, you it, it, it um, synchronous or synergistic is helping everybody. You know what I mean? Like you're always somebody, it seems like you're wanting to try to help people in the community of helping others and whether that's through, you know, the pharmacy or whether it's through hypnotherapy or anything else that you're involved in, it just seems like you're kind of like a rock star in trying to promote people and trying to help, help people in any way you can. Um, but I'm wondering like what led you to this because sure. that's something I don't know about you. I'm not sure why, what got you into all of this? Yeah, I think, oh man, that's such a, a layered thing because to a lot of people, it looks like I, <clears throat> 
work for a bunch of different businesses and that I'm interested in helping businesses thrive. I think, you know, even my dad, so he'll see some of my Facebook things that I'm sharing or some of the things that I'm talking about. And he's like, do you, are you still doing hypnotherapy? Do you still work for the pharmacy or are you, I saw something about this other doctor or whatever. Um, and, and it's truly, um, when I'm promoting and sharing other people with the world who are healing the world, who are looking at core health, who are looking at, um, healing emotional issues or things that people have going on in their life. Uh, if I'm pushing those people out, I'm helping the masses. Right. So it's mm. one of the things we look at, like in marketing with the pharmacy, if, if we go to the individual, we can help one person, which is amazing. Like, every single person counts, right? But if we can get a healthcare practitioner mm -hmm. and train them to be looking at core deficiencies, then we're helping thousands. Yeah. Um, and so as I'm going around, I feel like, you know, I'm picking up little seashells on the beach, like, oh yes, like you're going to make an impact. You're going to change the world. You're going to improve the lives of thousands or, you know, sometimes just countless. Yeah. There's a butterfly effect that you yes. can never, you can never foresee what's going to happen. Exactly. So I kind of know where my forte is. I know what I'm here to do, um, and the ways in which I can help people. And, uh, then I want to be a resource for everything else. And, and a lot of times it's not just that one thing, right? So, you know, we said the word hypnotherapy, like we at Align Mind, we provide hypnotherapy, we provide some relationship coaching, we provide things like that. Um, but it's not, people don't just need hypnotherapy. People um, are multifaceted. We're all individuals. It's, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll tell people like, you might be ready for hypnotherapy three modalities from now. Right, right, ten right, modalities right. from now, um, and so I enjoy people coming to me and and looking at truly where they're at as an individual, where they want to be, and then saying, "Look, this is your path, right? Like, go home, journal on on these few things, and then maybe go see it, you know, an alternate practitioner of, mm -hmm. of some kind, uh, maybe go through some type of journey, something like that." and then come back and, you know, really looking for max, max potency there. How I got into it, one... Um, Real quick, I just want to say, like, you, that's such a breath of fresh air because uh, I don't know exactly all of the factors that make it this way. Probably just capitalism is a big part of it, but people are so goddamn competitive and, mm. and, and we think that it's a zero-sum game still. And especially it's, it, that's especially strange in the world of like healing medicine and helping people. It's like, look around, there's no shortage of people to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's not like if somebody goes to a different practitioner and gets, you know, some, some help, then that's a, that's a, like bad for you. Cause you lost a potential client or something like, yeah. to me, that's the paradigm shift that we're going through right now. And that you're definitely like right at the tip of the spear with here in St. George, you're trying to get people to realize, hey, um, if we work together and we help each other and we build each other up, it's better for everybody. It's not like it, if I get more, you get less. It's, yep. an, it's not a zero-sum game anymore. To me, the point is the end result. And the end result is more people who know themselves, who love themselves, who understand what their gifts are mm -hmm. and can share that with the world. Mm -hmm. um, that is the goal. 
to me the 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 modality the whatever the who people need that even if there's you know kind of like you if, even if there's no money exchanged to me it's about that end goal of creating more people who can share their gifts with the world and just love each other i mean we're the world is a disaster right now yeah it is we're we're being pulled further and further apart yep. than ever um we're being told that others are dangerous um so right now there there are a lot of dangerous things coming i feel um yeah everyone you know. feels something building up i mean yeah a lot of people have been turned against one another and that can only stretch so far. And luckily, um, I, I've seen, and I know you've seen over the years, more people um, coming towards the world of consciousness and coming towards the world of health and coming towards, mm -hmm. you know, a world where they are sharing their gifts. And so hopefully, uh, you know, those match up in real time. But, you know, back to what we were discussing, like uh, my goal is a world with more people who want to help people. My goal isn't, you know, making the money. Does having a successful business help you help more people? Of course it does, yeah. Heck yeah, absolutely. But but it, it comes down to reason. And, you know, working at Fusion Pharmacy too, like you see, you know, just even in conventional medicine, a patient, the difference between a patient who is going to three different healthcare providers that aren't speaking to each other, aren't working with each other, are have that, you know, competitive feeling against right, one another, right or a person who has a collaborative effect, which is what we do with our masterminds. You know, now we have a naturopathic physician that's working with this person that's talking to, you know, the chiropractor or the person doing therapy yeah. on their cells at PIBCOA, you know, and the hyperbaric center, like all these, if, if you have a person who all their practitioners are working together for the common goal of wellness, it's better for everybody. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> Especially it, the patient. Yeah, the, which is number one. Yeah. Should be about, I mean, what'd you get into this in the first place? Like, that, that should, everyone should ask themselves that question. It's like, why did you get into this racket in the first place? I mean, forget the student loans you got to pay and all of the other bullshit that's got you going to work. Yeah. Like, why did you get into it in the first place? And it should probably have something to do with helping someone on the yeah. other end of that. So if they're getting the best benefit when we're, collaborating and when we're all t on the same team like how can we help each other uh team human then <laughs> team human. yeah team human I like that. <laughs> yeah i mean then then that's the best thing for the the people who are coming in for care um but it's also it's a great thing like this is uh it's been super simple for for me to realize this like with floating the float industry is i mean with the float industry it's kind of it's um, not every industry is the same but with the float industry it's pretty obvious it's like okay, there's, a, there's way more human beings than there are people who float. You know, like <laughs> the total amount of people versus the people who know about floating and who sure. come in and float. It's a small, tiny percentage who float. And so if somebody else wants to go open a float center, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like spread the word for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, that's, that's, and, and I'm going to make my version authentic to me and you do your version authentic to you and, and then people would choose where they want to float and, and hopefully more people will come in and float and Absolutely. we can actually just make this like a net positive thing. But, uh, I, the other thing too, is it's like when we work together, like for instance, with hypnotherapy and, and I'm super stoked about the fact that for the first time ever, we're going to be doing hypno sessions out of true North and, uh, with, with aligned mind and like something like that, it's just rad. It's like, okay, so 
yeah, floating might not be the magic pill for all of your problems, but Hey, here's some other tools too. Like yes. we can, we can help you out with, you know, if you've got more chronic pain, here's some, here's a private yoga session or a massage therapist and some body work that you might need to do, you know, or if you want to go deeper into your unconscious and you want like a catalyst for that, well, here's a hypnotherapy session or maybe potentially a ketamine therapy session, which is going to take you way into the unconscious, you know? Yeah. It's how, how far and how deep people want to go and yeah. and how much they want to expedite that. And, you know, like we were discussing before, like there is not one answer. You can't, um, go to the gym and go eat, you know, horrific food mm-hmm. every single day and, you know, drink two bottles of whiskey and be healthy, right? You have to look yeah. at every aspect of your life and each of these modalities just help shape that and not even not even any one of them or the collection of them are the answer to me the answer is underneath all of it it's what are these supportive ways to help people remember who the heck they are and unpeel their gifts you Mm -hmm. know and and how and why i connect everybody to these is that like I remember who I am I remember that I'm a connector I remember that I'm connected to all things I remember that I'm here to help others and that was a journey in and of itself for me right like I had to go through all of my things (laughs) this is something that I was kind of hinting at beginning when I said so what got you into all of this like for me, just from my own personal experience, it definitely started with my own healing, my own of experiences of, of, of shedding kind of the dead weight and transforming a little bit kind of into the direction of, of service to the orienting myself more towards service. But I didn't start like that at all. It was started orienting myself in the direction of help myself. Like, yes. holy shit, I need to go like figure some things out on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I was able, luckily, uh, and I have a ton of gratitude for, for like all of the different people who played a role in that for me. Um, cause I definitely didn't do it alone. You know, people from, from like, uh, healers and people from, you know, like the sh- standing on the shoulders of giants, like guys like Carl Jung, you know what I mean? And, and Joseph Campbell and just, Joe Rogan, you know, introducing yeah. the world to fucking float tanks, you know, <laughs> like I, I had no idea about any of this shit. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of really amazing people who have done a lot of already really amazing work that's already started these waves to, to go outward. Absolutely. And I, True North wouldn't be here had I not, you know, tuned into that podcast and, and gone and found out for myself. So like there's, you definitely can, uh, have this butterfly effect on the world around you. And what, I mean, you not only can you, but you are, no matter what you, whether you're conscious of it or not, you're doing it. So it's like, if you, uh, where, how you're to get woo for a second, how you're vibrating, like how, how you, where you're at in, on the spectrum of consciousness, like whether that's, uh, fear, love, or unaware, aware, whatever, like sure. wherever you're at on that spectrum, you're having an impact on the world around you and you're, probably attracting others like you and you're probably or or you're you know finding those those you know like attracts like type of thing so um i i feel like we've got to uh if we look around the landscape today and we see disaster and we see you know potential well real it hasn't really even been disaster yet but like we're still pretty lucky all things considered um but things look grim for sure and there's a lot of things that 
if you zoom out on the macro level, you're like, oh, we have way bigger issues and we're over here squabbling about politics and shit. Like we've mm-hmm. got, we've got global problems to solve. And if, if you start to see those, those bigger problems, it's like, okay, well then why don't we or- reorient ourselves a little bit? And obviously the narratives of the past, they had their purpose. You know, we wouldn't have the crazy technology and knowledge that we have now uh, without the industrial revolution. But look at the limiting, you know, narratives there that are keeping us stuck, like chasing money and this zero sum game of like, we have to just compete for clients or something. And so it's really refreshing to meet people like you who come in with that new paradigm like it just seems like you're operating in a different set of rules than most people well it's the the whole concept of the other right as soon as you are completely separating yourself from everybody and everything else everybody becomes your competition everybody at least in some way even those you're aligned with become your enemy Mm -hmm. on some level Mm -hmm. and so if if we truly want to, and I'll, you know, I'll get super woo <laughs> with this. Like if we truly want to come back together as just a human race, as a human species, it is going to take us remembering that we're all one, right? Yeah. We do have the capacity and the capability to look at one another and go, whoa, I don't need to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to steal from you. I, and, and part of that, there's a course that um, I've been going through. I guess it's not even a course, a uh, um, a training that I've been going through with Ernest Morrow. If you don't know who that is, I <laughs> highly, highly, highly recommend you looking him up, uh, left-hand path. But what, what he talks about is if we remember who we are and that we truly do have, we can source absolutely everything we need. We have it. We're alive, right? Like mm-hmm. we should be waking up and just celebrating the fact like, holy shit, I am a human. Yeah. I'm alive. I, I'm me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, we would be, we'd have no need to take anything from everyone else. If we remembered, we already have everything we need. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's no place that can rock you like this earth school we have, you know, (laughs) there's, um, there's no school you can go to for a PhD in releasing your own pain. I mean, psychologists go through and spend lots of years and lots of money learning how to release other people's pain. And I've known lots of them that were struggling themselves, right? You it's something you can't learn in school. Hopefully, 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 um, people out there more and more, and I've seen it start realizing I don't want to be in this pain. And that's, you know, you ask how I got into it. Um, you know, I think probably looking at it like a five-year-old kid watching my parents go through a divorce, all the, you know, soot and everything thrown up in the air from that, that, you know, we start and pretty much every human starts believing something core and fundamental about themselves at a young age, right? I learn from, you know, this isn't me, but, you know, people learning from their parents. I learn from my parents I'm not enough. I learn from yeah. this that I'm not wanted. I learn from this that, you know, I'm bad or there's something wrong with me, you know. And, of course, as we start to gain those beliefs about ourselves, we go through life and we're going to be proven right over and over and over. Wait a second, you know, 
my dad says I wasn't good enough and now my teacher's telling me and now this girl broke up with me and so it must be about, you know, it's because I'm not good enough, right? You kind of call those anchors, right? Like you get these deep-seated anchors that are like way down in the unconscious that are sort of driving your behavior. Yes. So that's how I visualize it. This is just personally is that, you know, you're kind of swimming through this subconscious space in hypnotherapy and you do, you, you know, you can locate these anchors very easily in a, in a hypnotherapy session that when released, it's like absolute, a, a chain of freedom. You know, you have all the little links in that chain and then there's certain anchors that, you know, we're holding on to these, these core beliefs. Um, for me, a lot of these things resulted in, in fear going through life. Um, and just anger. Ooh, Ooh, I was angry, you know, just like a stinker and, um, working through those and coming back into my own. And for me, it was, um, uh, going through issues with my marriage, like, you know, I'm divorced and, mm-hmm. um, being on a trip and not wanting to come back. And one of my friends bought me a treatment with, um, her healer. What, you know, I don't even know what modality still to this day, I wouldn't know what modality he was. And, um, he recommended a new earth, I car told, you know, for me mm-hmm. to read on, on my eight hour drive coming home. And, um, at the end of it, I was like, well, life is, life is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And, and from that book, it was like, oh, wow. Like, other people believe what I've always felt was true. I'm not alone. Whoa. Um, as I even start to look at this one thing within me, it's opening up these other things, you know, and hopefully as a society, we can begin to look at it and say, it isn't normal to feel angry all the time. It's not normal, right? Quote unquote normal, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess I should say like, we don't have to feel this way. Our base state underneath all of it is love and connection and oneness. And if you're not feeling that way, there's some things to look at. And there's so many options. There's so many people out there that have gone through and gotten their PhD in this life school um, and have taken the lessons. And, and that's also a choice. We have all these lessons that are trying to point us home. And the moment we stop and say, I, I don't need to repeat this pain anymore. You know, let's meet it head on and, and get support. Yeah, that's, it's it's a lot easier uh, to say it when you, in hindsight, you know, it's a lot easier like for me to, to talk about um, to talk about letting go of the dead weight. But when I was, when I was pre let going, pre letting go of it, you know, it's, it's fucking hard. It's mm-hmm. difficult because first of all, you, you, you're, you're most likely unaware of what you even need to do or let go of. Yep. And you're, you're most likely just feeling some sort of symptom of the problem. Like, you know, your depression or your anxiety or your lethargy or your fatigue or whatever it is like that, you know, the, the, the feeling of not wanting to come back from your trip, right? Or not wanting to face Monday or whatever, right? Sure. So, yeah, we, it manifests in these ways and we're just like, oh, I'm just lazy or, oh, I'm just, you know, whatever it is, a deadbeat, like I don't want to go to work. But there's a reason that you feel that way. And so it's the, it's the path of, of it, to me, Joseph Campbell kind of nails it because you have to cross the threshold. Mm-hmm. Like you have to... You have to leave the known comfortable world, 
that you're like safe in your little bubble. Right. And there's a lot of people comfortable feeling the way they feel, even if it's not great. Yeah. Because, because it's predictable. It's like, yeah. it's safe. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, this, this may or may, it might be mediocre or it might be shitty, but like, I know what I've got going on. And I like the, the idea, the prospect of like having to go into the, into the chaos and then like figure out my own way. Like, so for, this is kind of relevant to me and a lot of other people probably that are listening, but it's like, let's say religion, for example, or, or, you know, it's just one example. Uh, if you've got doubts, if you've got some sort of like, you know, thing gnawing at the back of your mind, like, you know, when you're sitting there in church and it doesn't really feel like something feels off. Just out of alignment. Yeah. Just something feels a little off. And, 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 and it's not just that, but you know, you've got like legitimate concerns, you know, there's maybe some, some fucked up things that have been going on that you know about or your shelf. They, they say, you know, if you, if you have doubts, just, put, you know, have faith, put it on the shelf and then God will one day he'll, it'll sort itself out, right? Like you'll, it'll be made known to you later. Well, eventually your shelf gets too heavy and it starts to creak. And then eventually like at some point it might break, but that person who's, who knows like, you know, I, I, I know there's a reason for me to, uh, go beyond the limits of what they've, where they've told me not to look. I know, I know like that on the, the, uh, the off limits information is what I need to go look for. Mm. And it is like, I need to be seeking here. And I know that there's like this fucking little inner fire. That's been like mostly doused, but not all the way. It's like, it's still there <laughs> and I've just ignored it, but I know it's, you know, it's telling me to go do this and I, I can sit there and I can, I can, it feels easier to, to ignore it. It feels easier to like ignorance is bliss, right? Like I don't, I don't want to rip the bandaid off. I don't want to have to go see where I'm hurting. I don't want to have to go see the ugly truth. And that's just, uh, that's just where so much of our society is right now. We're like right there teetering on the edge. It's like, well, the world around us is crumbling. This old paradigm, this old story is crumbling around us. It's fucking creaking. Like whether your religion is Mormonism or capitalism or insert, you know, whatever narrative, like they're all sort of creaking under the weight of what's happening in 2021, 2020. And it seems like it's like the world is almost forcing us to acknowledge. It's like, how much longer can we keep our head buried in the dirt? You know, we like, we have to eventually come to grips with this and, and it's going to be like, there's no, this is what yoga is so like powerful at, at showing you. It's like you're exactly where you're at and there's no short, there's no way around that. Mm. The only way is through it. So it's like if, if you want to fix your pain, um, you're going to have to go into the pain and find out what needs fixed. You know, and like if if I want to like make my back better, I have to I go into a down dog and it sucks. Well, it's it's going to suck less and less as I keep doing it, but there's no way to get to the, the point where it's just like perfect, like automatically Yep. without as, the work. As we say in hypnotherapy, it's to it, through it and beyond it. Mm. And you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, people face and maybe have a, a lot of the people that come to us, um, have had a certain belief or a certain, um, you know, uh, pattern throughout their entire life that they know is there. It's kind of like what you're saying. They know it's sitting on the shelf and they know at some point they'll have to look at it, but 
Um, they didn't know how, or they weren't necessarily ready and going to it through it and beyond it is so powerful and can be easy. You know, life is exactly, um, what we make it. And again, you know, back to the lessons over and over, man, I always took my lessons so hard, you know, like horse kick to the head, literally (laughs) horse kick to the head (laughs) type thing. And the moment that we say, I am ready for this and I am ready to take my lessons gently and I am ready to go to it through it and beyond it can be the moment where it becomes easy and even fun. You know, I've, I've gotten to the point where it's literally like, Hey, if there's a lesson, if there's something that I'm missing universe, like I'm just going to keep my hand out and you can just set it here. Like I'm waiting for my, you know, for my next growth opportunity, you can just set it here and I'm going to become so or maintain such micro awareness that when it's presented, it's immediate. It's like, Ooh, I, I see, you know, I see, I see what needs to be done here. I see what's going on here. Um, I also like that you, you brought up the fact, um, about intuition, somebody knowing that either something is off, you know, you're, you, um, talked about in the church, Mm -hmm. um, something that I didn't grow up in. Um, but that's a definitely something that I hear from a lot of people is, Hey, this was going on and I, and I just knew it and it's in all facets of life, right? Like, um, I just knew that I didn't have to feel this way or I just yeah. knew or that you, I needed you, to look you down You hear this like the church has like a hundred billion dollars under management and you're like, and you find this way to like rationalize it away real fast. Like, and not really think too hard about it. And it's like, wait, a hundred billion. So like, is that like Jesus's like personal fund for when he comes back or like, he just needs a bunch of money for some reason? Like, sandals. like yeah, <laughs> sandals. He needs like a bunch of Jordan sandals or something. But like, seriously, the, the fact that like, there's these weird unreconcilable, like the two things can exist at the same the two. So this is cognitive dissonance, right? It's like we can hold two ideas at once. Like we can know that the church has a hundred billion dollars in assets under management, you know? Uh, and then we can also know that the church has our best interest at heart and that everything's good and that paying tithing is, is the right thing to do, even though they have a hundred billion dollars and they don't need any more fucking money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but the person who's got the person who's got like hard time paying their power bill should still pay their tithing. Cause it's right here in the scriptures. You should pay the tithing. You'll be taken care of if you pay the tithing, but like you're holding the two ideas at the same time and you keep them away from each other. So they never have to come together. And as soon as they come together, you're like, Oh fuck. Mm. What are they doing with all that money? Yeah. <laughs> Why do they need more? It's um uh, Sorry. It's a little <laughs> No, it's I mean it's a little scary. Again, it's not something I I grew up in and what I get to see is helping with the end effects whether it's the church or the parents or the just the the beliefs people have in self because just like you know, those two concepts can't go together. Um, I am whole and complete and perfect in exactly Mm -hmm. where I'm supposed to be. And everything not is going to be okay. Everything is good. Mm -hmm. Everything is okay right now, right? There is this part of me, this piece of me that's unshakable beyond beneath and before any circumstance that could ever appear. I am okay. And there's something wrong with me. I'm not enough. You know, whatever the heck it is, right? A recent one was my worth is directly tied to my ability to give money to the church. Right, right. <laughs> right? 
those two things cannot coexist mm -hmm. together. These fundamental core beliefs, these so, anchors. So it seems like, I mean, one of the powerful, like I would say powerful effects of something like psychedelics or journeys, medicine journeys, is like you, you get pulled back to that unshakable place yes. like that that center you're uh, pulled back to that place with such clarity and ease of none of this shit matters mm -hmm. like you, it's common for people to just kind of like laugh yeah like, like oh, laugh yeah. like oh shit like oh yeah of course so i torture myself every day in and you know day in and day out for that <laughs> right. right and also you know one of the things i've experienced is um, initial on initially going into, um, you know, the journey experience, bringing that up, man, what a, what a way to, um, fundamentally shift everything you stinking thought you knew or, you know, believed about yourself was compassion. The ability to look at some of these things from another perspective. Empathy was, too. Yeah. yeah. And just like, whoa. So I've been making, myself and this other person like the other which immediately is again competition enemy whatever it is even if it's microscopic even yeah. if it's somebody you love and um the ability to look at things from other people's perspective and and have those two things tie in and go oh wow we really are just all in this together um just walking each other home. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's one of the things I learned from a dear friend of mine, a coach of mine of like, we truly are just, we're all in this, just walking each other home. hundred percent. Remembering who we are, becoming more authentic with ourselves, becoming more present, becoming more aware of the things that don't belong. I joke about it all the time, but like, you know, the Sesame street song, like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> one of these things just doesn't belong. You know, like looking at your life and going, okay, internally, like this is working. This is working that like, man, this feels authentic right on point. Like, you know, this is right where I'm needing to be. And then looking at something else going, whoa, something needs to shift there. And yeah. Whether it's like a relationship or, uh, uh, a toxic habit, you know, sure, or just some 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 thing that you know every time you, you know, every time Monday rolls around, you're like, ah, oh, those three days of drinking, and now I have to pay the toll. Like yeah. now, like it's like I rung up the the, the ledger, the debt, mm -hmm. the the tab, and now I have to sit here and fucking be hungover and pay the toll. Yeah, and and the people who have a lot going right like man i have created my life i and these are the people i love working with oh my gosh that are just out there killing it like they are doing their thing and yet they feel what one of the things i hear a lot is there's just this one thing you know like when it comes to this or you know these areas in my life there's just, just one thing that you know um i don't really believe that about myself but somewhere I know I do right that you know I shouldn't be successful or yeah that you know if I'm successful then I'm bad or if um you know if something goes wrong and everything isn't on point like there's something wrong with me you know and some sort of lack of self-worth or just yeah some something that that doesn't fit with the rest so what are your favorite tools for becoming aware of uh, the weird, um, hidden, like 
you know, the, the hidden little beliefs or the, the negative anchors or whatever you want to say that, oh, that are like man. stuck in there. Gosh, there's, there's so many. So one, obviously like I, I didn't go back and, and begin to learn about hypnotherapy because I needed something else on my plate. Like that's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't need to be doing hypnotherapy. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to have, uh, Tamara Sargent on yeah. with me now one, because she's so immensely talented and, and our talents are, um, pretty much the exact opposite from each other, the people we like to work with. So I love, uh, hypnotherapy because, it's like such a deep dive and a gentle way to go into the subconscious to things that, you know, if I journaled every day for the rest of my life, I'd probably, you know, not find the things that I found through hypnotherapy with Tamara, actually. So, She's my hypnotherapist. And, and why is that? Is it because having somebody else who's almost, what is the role of a hypnotherapist? Is it like a guide? Is it like a, is it like a surgeon who's like going in and trying to like surgically pull apart and, and figure out what's down there at the bottom of the subconscious, right? Or like, what's the role there? And what's the, um, uh, the vulnerability that you're, that you're opening up this vulnerable, you know, intimate side of you to this person. And, and some people would be afraid of like, what might, like, I know, I know one weird sort of like, uh, thought about something like hypnotherapy is like, oh, well, you're just going to get brainwashed. You know what I mean? Sure. Or, or somebody's, somebody's just going to, somebody's just going to like get into your mind and fuck with you and like have yeah. their way. And then you're going to be part of some cult. <laughs> yeah. I think there, <laughs> I think that, um, the, the first thing is yes. Like you working with anybody in any modality, it definitely has to be someone that you trust and, and truly knowing that they're, in it for the right reasons. And I think my answers about hypnotherapy would probably be different from a lot of um, more conventional hypnotherapists that are maybe more of the role of, you know, like uh, more conventional psychology than Tamara or I would be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's definitely a lot of techniques like age regression and things like that that are pretty standard in the therapy community. Um, where I a believe... Age regression meaning just like referring back to a previous time yes age. bringing somebody to a specific age where they experience something right. that triggered a belief or right. a change in their life that uh sure. you know can it was a sign point right a, a signpost towards the lesson that they needed to learn that usually at five we weren't ready to look at it and go whoa, yeah. let me take radical responsibility for why this is showing up in my life and, <laughs> you know, take this head on and move no, we to were it, like, through it and beyond we it. We were right? like, repress the fuck out of it because it's trauma. <laughs> right? Like it let's, let's place this into, you know, something that I'm physically going to carry in my body that's, you know, like add a shade to the rose-colored glasses of how I see the world, you know? Um, so because we operate more on the spiritual side, especially, uh, we view our role as, um, someone who's highly trained in, in the industry, one that can help guide people to where they know they need to go when we get out of our own way, <laughs> okay. guide people to where they know they need to go. Like we were talking our intuition. We know that there's something there right? We know these core beliefs are there. They've been bitch slapping us in the face our entire <laughs> lives. Truly. Yeah. Like it, it's just like, Oh, you're going to take the lesson yet. Whack. You're going to take the lesson yet. Whack. And we're just like, no, keep piling it on. Right. Um, and so we are 
empowerment agents. Okay, that's a cool term. We are guiding and facilitating you to the places that you know that you need to go. And, you know, I've even told clients, like, if you don't want to say it out loud, don't say it out loud. It helps us, of course, to help guide you to the to the next yeah, thing. Yeah, but sometimes it's way too deep or like too, it hasn't, it's too fresh or it's too yep. uh, shameful or it's too something where it's like, uh, I don't want to even say the words, yes. right? And I've actually experienced this floating because, uh, I mean, as you know, floating is another tool where it's like, okay, we can now, we can go deep now. We can go Absolutely. into the, we can go into where you know, the limiting beliefs live or whatever it is. Right. But you, you come across something like that in the float tank and, uh, just acknowledging it, like just, just even when you're completely alone in this safe environment, no one's going to know, no one's going to, no one else is going to know that you've got this shame. You know what I mean? Nobody else knows anything about it, but you, but it's still so fucking gross you don't even want to go there you're just like you're so like oh like leave it alone like yeah. just off into the corner and like fucking put it in the closet and put it down yeah. right like it's so difficult to go because it's like the worst vibration you know shame it's like the well, worst it's, vibration it's one of the things we're conditioned to as well you know a, a lot of people growing up you know they're crying or they're showing emotion or whatever and because of the awkwardness or uncomfortability a lot of people have in sitting in their own emotions yeah it's like no stop that <laughs> stop yeah. we don't we don't feel these yeah we feelings. see a kid we don't crying and they're like things. you're just like yeah. no 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 you're fine yeah. stop crying everything's okay stop yeah. crying it's like no <laughs> like don't don't stuff it down it's not to say you know everybody should be walking around wailing all day um but learning these coping me- mechanisms and and learning that underneath it um, these experiences, these traumas, these things that we've gone through doesn't say anything about us. It just means we're human. And yeah. so it goes back to that human, hu- human to human relation. And, you know, I have so many clients that tell me things that they would never <laughs> tell anyone else and walk out of it just going, I want to tell you more. Like this is, you know, I, I finally, it's I liberating, right? Cause it's yeah. like, it's, it's just been this monkey on your back, a skeleton in your closet, whatever, you know, the term is like that you've been carrying along for decades. And so to be able to, uh, when, as soon as you just acknowledge it, that right there is putting you back in power. Acknowledging it, but also recognizing again, and I know I just said it, but it's, it's such an important piece of it is that, you know, we believe as humans it's part of our wiring that these things that happen to us or these beliefs or or the you know the things we've done means something about us so also through hypnotherapy you know we want to connect people and this is totally counter to what a lot of therapists would say if they were being honest too if it was like they took the liar liar pill you know Mm -hmm. like the the jim carrey movie if they're telling the truth it's like a lot of people of a lot of modalities don't want to empower people to be able to do these things themselves, right. which, right. which is exactly what we right. want to do, right? It's like, 
you come see us one to three times and if you're coming back past that you're coming for fun and for like further expansion right you're just seeing how good things can get you're no you know we've got you in that time we want to connect people with their higher wisdom with their higher knowing and in that higher knowing you have all the answers at all times you know, I don't need anybody else's help. There's, I still use tools like, you know, floating, like, you know, this coach that I'm seeing, like these, you know, different modalities, microdosing, stuff like that to continue my growth. Um, but in that connection with higher self, you know, in that space that, okay, now finally I said out loud and, and truly was able to look at this thing for the first time and that's separate from me and I'm okay. All along, this thing that I thought said something about me doesn't. And when you do that, it loses so much power. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, okay, now I need to work on this for two years now that I know. It's like, no, you've always known. And now that you look at it and you can hold it outside of your body and go, wait, (laughs) you sucked, but you're not me. You actually say nothing about me. What you were were a signpost and a lesson. And and truly, 100% of the time, there's a lesson that helps people grow and and helps them become more of who they are and, and how they should be showing up in the world. Um, but it also shows them um, there's never, ever, ever anything wrong with me. And, and I think that's where a lot of the power of hypnotherapy comes in. And I know we went down the road of hypnotherapy. So, so, so but here's a, here's a question. So like, if there's nothing wrong with you, then what's the, uh, cause it's, cause a lot of people would say, well, well, I'm going to do hypnotherapy. I'm going to do work. I'm going to fix something. I'm going to improve myself. Right. Uh, this, and this is just self-help one one People are like improving, but it's this paradox because the one who, uh, is doing the improving is the one who needs improved. <laughs> so it's like as soon as as soon as like I'm like how am I good enough to fix this? Like it's like the person who has the issue is also the one who is you know fix is like taking me to the place where I don't have the issue. So it's kind of this weird sort of paradox and you're like well we're we're always okay. We're always fine. Everything's good. Then why go do work? Like why go do therapy? Sure. I I think that it is reversing those exact statements that you just said, because under, it's just like, you know, the people running around with hate and animosity and killing and, you know, all these things, um, underneath all of that, if, if they were willing to take a look at some of these things, there is that pure love Mm -hmm. underneath all of it, right? Like they weren't born a little one-year-old going around thinking about, you know, everybody else's. Right. Or, Or even if, even if they were some sort of like crazy, like let's say you could point to some serial killer who's been, who's been in this like weird vibrational state. Like they've been in this really crazy like level of consciousness from day one well you that's when people would come in with the argument that like well that's their karma i mean that's like where they started out because that's probably where they left in some previous lifetime or maybe for whatever reason you know we live in a we live in a world with both sides there's polarity so there's evil it exists you know what i mean and there's there's serial killers and there's there's all kinds of horrors and without that existing 
then there's no real, I mean, that's what makes life so vivid and so magical. And so, uh, it makes it so, um, vibrant, you know what I mean? Is it's like that there is the contrast that there is death. If there wasn't death, then there would be no reason to live after a hundred million years. You know what I mean? Like there, there has to be both sides to it. And so it's like when I, when I think about doing, let's say work, self-work or self-introspection and trying to grow and trying to evolve, I don't think of it as a, as a, like from a philosophical standpoint, it's not serious. Like yep. none of this is it serious. It most certainly doesn't have to be. Yeah. None of, none of this, none of this is fucking serious. Like you, you are, you are like, you're saying we're all one underneath it all. Right. And and having an experience of like underneath it all, ripping away all of the bullshit, it's unconditional love, it's universal, it's the undercurrent of all things, it's what you might call God, it's like connecting everything. And so if we are really just putting on a mask and forgetting that we're that, um, and we're playing these roles, well then it's a game, then we're playing a game, and we're walking each other home. And so it's like, do we want to play the game where, you know, there's more love and charity in the world and when we laugh a little bit more and you know we like remember more who we are like do we want to play that game or do we want to play the game of like get completely lost get complete forget completely and maybe even end up down at the bottom of the spectrum as a serial killer you know what i mean like that's somebody playing the game too so it's like having that awareness it it takes away the edge a little bit takes the edge off a little bit because it's like we're, we're so like a lot of us in Western society get this beat into us at a young age, like good must defeat evil. Mm. Uh, and that's the game we're in. That's the war we're in rather. It's not, it's not, it is serious. It's a war. And so who, what side are you going to choose? Sure. Right. And then from, from Who's that day, gonna win? Oh, like yeah. there's the final showdown, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's well, depicted in the books, which is yeah. actually supposed to be happening. Right. Like a lot of people think it's, now like the final showdown i think it's i think so much comes down to a a personal choice you know for me i had i had anxiety for a lot of years i had anger for you know that i experienced um that kept me from truly enjoying my life i had um fears that kept me from truly connecting with other people and i could have done that right i i could have kept going down that road and jumped into it and maybe become a serial killer myself. Right. That is a choice. I could, I like, I could yeah. go do that. Um, but for me, I, by enjoy... the way, k- kudos for acknowledging that. Cause most people won't even acknowledge they have a shadow where oh, we're sure. capable I mean, of evil. Anyone like, yeah. you know, my grandma Pat was like the sweetest lady in the world. Like she did have a choice, you know, she could go out and start running people down in the car. Right. (laughs) Like we, we can, um, I can say for me personally, as I, um, you're talking about remembering who you are and talking about, you know, it not really being work and all these things. Like I was carrying those things and I had the choice to set them down or not. And luckily, you know, as I began to set those things down that didn't belong to me in the first place, one by one, I felt more free. I felt more me. I guess that's really what it comes down to is um, yes. authenticity. Yes. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Oof, if there's one thing in the world, you know, I know who I am. And knowing that, um, 
is one so clear because I don't have the fog over it. I don't have the shame over it. I don't have the guilt over it. I don't have the whatever. So I just go out. I just get get to capital G E T. I get to go out in the world and be me, um, loving people, connecting people, things like that. And so that's what I feel like we can do is if there's something that is not honoring somebody's highest, most, most authentic self, and they don't want any barriers to that, then that's just one modality. You know, we were talking about the different things. Another thing that rocked my world, um, when making other people the other, um, I was actually going through a breakup and a a coach of mine, very good friend, love him so much, um, had me write down, um, this is Christopher Stubbs, by the way. Love you, buddy. He's been on the podcast. Yeah. Had me write down all these things that I was making about the other, right? Like, he's so this, he's so that, he's so this. And then I got to go through and write just like me at the end of it. Oh, it's like, oh, crap. Oh, so you're just like acknowledging oh, that that person's man. a mirror. Oh, man. <laughs> right? This is yeah, a nobody mirror. wants to take responsibility Radical for all that responsibility shit. <laughs> for everything so showing up. up in my life. Shit. Yeah, it's funny. Right? We, Just like me. Lily and I were driving back from uh, this weekend in Sedona and with this long drive and we got into this long conversation and realized like over the course of our relationship how we both played the role of mirror for the other person. Mm-hmm. Like how we've like how something in me bothered her and then, or something in her bothered me. And then like, as we grew together and and evolved a little bit, we like start to become more aware of the thing. And it's like, Oh, like I was, I, that freaked me out because of my own shit, because of my own background or insecurity. Right. Or or my my own weird culty pastors, Mm. whatever it is. Right. So it's like, the, it's it's interesting we we do have these uh we do when when you're when you feel judgment for somebody or anger towards somebody or whatever it's like what are you really what is it really about yes and if it's uh one taking radical responsibility of why it's presenting in your life and looking at everything as a, a potential signpost towards something in yourself mm-hmm. um that needs to be looked at i don't even want to use the word healed right Um, because even just, uh, awareness and recognition can change a lot. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but looking at these things in the way of if, if this is putting in me into fear, I cannot connect to myself or those around me. You know, when I'm in fear, I cannot connect to you. And if you can't connect with yourself or others, it's going to dramatically change your everyday experience. Yeah, you know, and, I mean that's the alienated, isolated world we live in right now, and that's why there's the epidemics of of suicide and anxiety mm-hmm. and all of these issues. I mean, we are very disconnected from each other, and we are hardwired to be connected. Like we're the most social species ever. Yes, and so it's it's kind of a rough situation. Um, on that note, though, of like integrating, like seeing the signposts and seeing the the things in the mirror, seeing the things inside of yourself. Um, the shadow to me is a really fascinating and, and, and useful, um, little bit of wisdom from Carl Jung that he contributed to the world, um, among lots of other things. But the idea that you have this 
darkness, this shadow element of you, right? Like you have all of the things that, uh, like let's say a Nazi concentration camp guard, right? Something we would all condone and, and, you know, it's like a horrible thing, like to be condone or condemn. Oh, I'm sorry, condemn. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Like, wait a second. What condemn. kind of podcast is this? <laughs> <laughs> condemn. We'd all condemn the guy who's who's like standing by and and standing watch over genocide, right? But we also have to acknowledge, like, we are capable of the same. Like, it's a, it's, it's. He was that guard was just got sucked into an ideology and it was part of this like certain set of circumstances in Germany at the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like there's acknowledging that you are capable of the, of like of integrating your shadow essentially, right? Like seeing the things that, that you do that make you uncomfortable. Like I don't want to see myself as, you know, a creep, but holy shit, like I can mm. be creepy. Like there's a way for me to be, I could be creepy. <laughs> hey, I could be creepy too. <laughs> but, but like integrating that, you know what I mean? And, and the more that you repress it, the more that you are only good, the more that you're righteous. And this is why like Alan Watts says, beware of like righteous people, mm. uh, because they're always the ones who cause the fucking problems. Yeah. Like, like think about, like, <laughs> think about the Catholic church and the inquisition and the crusades and all of the horrible things that have been done in the name of, of righteousness. Right. Yep. So it's like, as soon as you forget that you can, that you like, if, a if the priest represses all of the sexuality, well, then you have some pedophilia that occurs. That seems to be the trend. Yep. So it's like the, the, the value of integrating that shadow of looking and just becoming aware of it. Like I had this really gnarly experience in Colombia. Uh, my, my intention going into this ceremony, this ayahuasca ceremony was specifically shadow work. Like mm. it was like, I wanted to see and integrate my shadow. And if I had known what that meant when I like had that intention, <laughs> I never would have fucking said it. Like, did I say that out loud? Did yeah. I write that? Down? I never wow. would have. I never would have made that the intention. It was. It was gnarly. <laughs> it was super gnarly. But but it, it took me literally over two years of of integration integrating that before I even considered like, okay, maybe I'm ready for for more because it was so it was so deep and it's mm -hmm. heavy and it was everything. It was it was my identity at its core. Um, it was, it was basically, but, but the experience itself of just see, seeing me at my absolute worst, like seeing the very, like the worst thing I could possibly imagine me being essentially, and that overtaking me and me turning into that and that animating me was enough to shake, like shake. It shook me so hard. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to not go in that direction. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was like, I, I, it becoming aware of the of the dark side i guess is super valuable and i'm wondering if that's anything you guys have uh play with with hypnotherapy and and if that's part of like the shadow plays into uh what you guys do at all at align mine or not oh of course i mean the we all have every spectrum of everything and and some people have you know more right like some people would be more violent like i'd be capable of doing anything that anybody has ever done has done right mm -hmm. but it's just humans um and I, I think the ways we would look at it um as far as the shadow is 
looking at every aspect of ourselves and understanding every aspect of ourselves and recognizing that no part of us needs a door closed on it. And these areas can teach us a lot about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I think a lot of it comes back to, um, taking radical responsibility and and really learning that. And, and truly, if you, if you want to understand who you are, you're going to have to look at all these different areas of yourself and what you're capable of. And, and a lot of them, like why they, why some, why and how some of these aspects of ourselves has contributed contributed to who we are and maybe in the ways that we've hurt other people and those can sometimes be the most difficult to look at right is like I had this going on inside of me this lives inside of me and it created a situation to where I hurt somebody else and those are a lot of the times things that people don't want to look at right they don't want to remember the times they hurt other people um and so working through that to it, through it and beyond it is the only way that you can stop those patterns. Um, you know, I use radical responsibility a lot because I think that's a pathway to a lot of these things and remembering that these things that do trigger us, and that's a huge thing in relationships, kind of like what you were just talking about. These things that trigger us the most is because it's living in ourselves and, and we're either ashamed of it or we're unwilling to feel or have been unwilling to feel the thing that's underneath all of it, right? My problem wasn't anger. My problem was the fear underneath it that I didn't want to feel, so I felt anger. So looking at the things that I didn't want to feel, allowing myself to feel it, finding the support that allowed me to do that transforms, right? Um I think that uh, more and more people are ready to face the things that they didn't have the courage to face before and also realize that a lot of these things we call in, we love it. Like people love their drama stories. Uh, one of my favorite books I've read along that is um, The Existential Kink. I don't know if you've read that book. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. It's it's racy. Um but it talks about how we actually like these things that were poor me. Oh my gosh, that we actually love it. And in the premise behind it is like, yeah, get off on this stuff. Like this, you know, this, you think that, you know, looking at like the whole narcissist and the empath and all these things and, you know, underneath it all, it's like, Oh no, there's a part of you that's all about it. And if you can look at that take such radical responsibility you know one thing was the the type of relationships I was calling in and you know there were control patterns and these things and to look at it and go actually if I'm taking complete radical responsibility for how and why I'm calling in this pattern it's because I fucking think it's hot when somebody wants me that bad that they want to control me. Interesting. If I'm really being honest, yeah. right? Yeah. You like that shit, girl. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, 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 uh, well, in my, in my limited experience, <laughs> it seems like the, the people who want to be, um, let's say, who seem the most, uh, vocal about like oh no man's gonna tell me what to do or 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 whatever like just like the stereotypical feminist or whatever well then when it comes to sex it's like it's a totally different story sure it's a totally different story and we're we're also that doesn't mean that we're calling it in in the ways we love it right so just because i 
like I think it's like the sexiest thing in the world when a man is like that worked up over a woman, right? Just because you feel that way doesn't mean you want, consciously want someone controlling you. Right. But there's aspects of it and a lot of it is operating in the subconscious. That's truly where we're manifesting from. So that's where you have to be careful about what's in there and access it through things like hypnotherapy, through floating, you know, to be able to really see what's living in that space. Um, But I think you'd be surprised if, if you're willing to start taking some massive radical responsibility like you never have before highly recommend that book and start What's it called look, again it's uh, existential, existential kink okay. and i can't think of in it yeah it is kink k-i-n-k existential <laughs> kink and um you will if you're willing to take an honest deep dive and really look at these things it will rock your world it like no other Um, and you'll really learn the ways of, and, and part of it too, it showed me, I'm like, oh wow. And I can't remember what I took radical responsibility for like never before, but it was like, oh, that's why you utilize relationships as a lesson. Oh, that's why you do that. Oh, that's like, it, it was almost like watching the circumstances of my life as a movie going, Oh my gosh, that's what, and <laughs> yeah. then you can consciously then make the choice of, Ooh, no, I can draw that in, in this way. And I don't need that lesson anymore. So mm. it's, you know, talking about different ways of work. Whew, I mean, there's, there's so, there's so many of them free writing, just journaling, just sitting down. I have a, a doctor friend of mine that recently, um, recommended writing three pages a day and I can't remember where she learned that from but three pages a day first thing in the morning of just free writing and you'll learn a lot about yourself Uh, you know I talk a lot about these signposts you'll see a lot of signposts of you know and then take one of those things that stands out to you and then the next day free write on that and and a lot of times I'll put like the, you know, question at the top of the page and then just start writing. And, and what happens is the, the more you free write, what you're doing is you're going deeper and deeper into your subconscious. Your conscious mind is no longer the foreground. You're going to that subconscious mind like hypnotherapy and you're just, you're thinking less and you're, you're operating from that space of all knowing more and you can find some some really interesting things and you know one of the things i like to offer out is like you know contacting me or calling me doesn't have to have anything to do with hypnotherapy uh, like i said part of what i do is connect people to the people they need to be connected with yeah that's the end goal the end result yeah you've already i mean shit i met a bunch of awesome people that you've introduced me to already. So there's some amazing people here in Southern Utah. I concur. I concur. I think, I think this place is, I think this place is, has got a really, it's on an awesome trajectory. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of, of change and it's good change and it's continuing. I think it's, it's not, it's just probably speeding up. Like it's going to keep going. So what do you see as since, all right. So from a philosophical level, we're all one, we're, we're playing the game, but from like the level of the game, from the level of, okay, here we are in our little avatars or whatever, like here we are in our meat suits <laughs> meat, meat, meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we're, and we're deciding like how to spend our time, um, and what to do about it. So like, what's the, what's your, 
where do we want to go? Where mm. do we want to go? And um, what are the catalysts for the tools that are going to take us there? Oh, man. Where do we want to go? <sighs> I think we want to go to a place where people are living in a way that they're lit up, which only comes from becoming your true authentic self and releasing anything that's, you know, the one of those things that's not like the other, the one of those things that doesn't belong, you know, um, that solves, that solves so many problems right there. You know, um, that was a, a fun exploration for me. Uh, and it, it actually started with, um, Gay Hendricks, um, the big leap when he's talking about, um, living in your true, you know, most authentic self, up-leveling your life, being willing to, to live outside the confines of what you've been comfortable with. And then, you know, recognizing when you are dampening yourself back down. And then another big thing is living in your zone of genius. And in your zone of genius, that is when you are just so fired up. You're feeling like the true you, um, it's not things that you're good at. It's the things that literally, you know, people say, and it's so cliche, but that you would do for free every day, right? That is authenticity. That is living fired up, living in your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And so spending more time in those areas will bring in more opportunities to live in those areas. And in that you're creating a life that you're truly sharing your gifts with the world. Right. Um, if you're truly sharing your gifts with the world, if you're truly living lit, lit up, you are being authentic. And it's kind of like when you are working out every single day, you're not craving, you know, greasy, deep fried stuff usually, right? You're craving the things that um, add to that light. You know, you're, yeah. if you have a, a it becomes less appealing. Yeah, it's it it doesn't it no longer resonates with that vibration. Mm -hmm. And so if you are living in your zone of genius, you are sharing your gifts with the world, you're helping other people, you're helping light that spark in other people, that like attracts like will draw more things like that into your life. And if we have all these little avatars walking around like that and they're lights of genius and inspiration and connection and authenticity all turn on that is a greater world i don't care it, you know to me it's not like well the end goal is you know it it's utopia and you know i don't have those those things um well that is essentially uh that that is a utopia in a way like if everybody is you're basically saying like self-actualized where we're where um we're in line with our highest purpose, right? If, and so, if more and more people are like that, we're in a happier place. Yeah, right? we're we're in we're in heaven. I mean, <laughs> really, that's what it is. Like, I'm not saying that we're not still gonna face challenges and stuff, but if you're if you're operating from a place of your purpose, then you welcome the challenges and you welcome the obstacles because you know, it's what you want to be working on. Yeah. It's the, it's the thing you want to be pursuing. And, and the, it's like a, an athlete at the highest level. Like they're happy to compete. Like they're happy to go play the game. And even though it's really hard, you know, there's, there's times in my life where there aren't, you know, many lessons presenting 
and sometimes I'm kind of looking around, you know, I don't want them to be hard. I don't want the drama. I don't want the whatever, but it's like, okay, what's my next up level going to be? It is. It's like a game. It's like, you know, I'm not a gamer or anything like that, but it's like, what's the next round of this video game? Like, what is it? What's going to present that is going to peel off the next layer that I can't even see right now? And what is that going to do for other people? Yeah. And I'm willing to go through that next course, the next PhD in order to help bring that to others. Or the next tragedy or the next, you know, like whatever life event it, it might be. You never know what it's going to look yeah, like. It's the, it's the PhD in life. Yeah, it's not, exa- it's exactly. It's not another school thing. You know, right. It's it, like, it could be, it could, it could take the shape of something horrific, mm-hmm. you know, and that maybe that's what, if you want to zoom out to a collective level, maybe that's what's happening right now is like humans have to start facing increasingly more horrific circumstances in order to catalyze our own evolution as a species. Well, people haven't, uh, there's a percentage of people larger and faster growing that's willing to step out of their pain and step into who they are. And then there's people who haven't been and it's individually we've been doing it and it hasn't been fast enough. And so it's like, all right, you want to do it as a collective? (laughs) Yeah. You you want to kill all of each (laughs) other or you know, are we going to turn this around? And so it's, we're just having to do what we've been doing on an individual level. We're just doing it collectively now. Yeah. So the, I love the idea of empowering others. And like you said, an agents of empowerment as a hypnotherapist, that's amazing. Uh, I think everyone should be an agent of empowerment, trying to empower other people because I mean, not, not just from the like if if you're if we're all one if we're all connected then you're really just helping yourself by helping someone else by empowering yep. someone else but but like uh it's 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 better for the whole right and so this future society where everybody's living authentically um how do we how do we what are the tools and catalysts that we have to get us there like what are the the biggest ones the the, the number ones because for me um i think the two biggest tools we have to catalyze evolution on a major level like on not just on like like you said it's not happening fast enough right like so it's like on a on a collective level the tools that i foresee as being uh, invaluable are psychedelics and um the second one would be any any uh major to existential level threat to humanity because Mm. that would get us to probably have to work like out of necessity sure put our differences aside a little bit you know <laughs> like an, a, a a 30 kilometer asteroid coming towards earth is enough to uh <laughs> get a bipartisan vote through i think possibly maybe maybe not right now yeah, maybe not. i'm not quite sure if that you know i i think uh one the psychedelics thing a hundred percent i agree with um finding people who are trained who have the right intention and the right end goal in mind. Um, not just, you know, being a famous healer, you know, being this famous shaman, like connecting in with the right, um, healing crew, which will also get you in with a community that support. And, and when we talk community, you know, again, we're talking about being social creatures, just being around that community, um, 
helps shift people. And as those communities grow stronger, then they can outreach to more people. And it, you know, it's just that snowball effect. And so, um, gathering of like-minded people, uh, expeditedly that are bringing more people in to help transform. Yes, absolutely. And then unfortunately, you know, I feel like the world is going in that way of, you know, closer and closer to catastrophe as we turn against each other, you know, looking at civil war and maybe, um, maybe, I mean, I I don't like throwing that one around loosely because it's like, that's, that's a whole ton of violence and, and hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Sure. There it's what I'm saying is on the other side of community and coming together, there is the option for continuing to go apart. So, and so look at this, race of people or to look at this political affiliation of people to make people the other is the other option yes to see them as other you can get with this or you can get with that (laughs) right but even but even like it's kind of another weird sort of paradox because if we're talking about the, the the group that's coming together um they can't see the people who are not coming together as other either because absolutely that's another that's another a little trick, a little trap to fall into. Exactly. And I see this a lot, I think, in the woke culture. You see like this sort of spiritual one-upmanship mm. where it's like, oh, I'm woke and you're not. You know what I mean? Like, w- I wish those those sad motherfuckers would just wake up, you know, yep. and get with the program, right? It's like, and and let and take my asset or whatever. Like, I'm trying to like wake people up. And it's that's not how it works. And to truly, if you really are, uh, I would say, awake if which is we were talking lily and i were talking about this yesterday how like that word is being so overused and so like diluted but if you really are um if you what you profess to be then you see those people who are on the other side of the fence as not really on the other side of anything and that you have empathy for them and you see that we're all really one so if it's a trump supporter or if it's a biden voter it doesn't matter it's like we're all in this together and we we need to find the common ground here we will have to remember that. And to me, the point of that community is a group that supports one another in becoming their authentic selves, which in that, if you're truly living authentically, there really is no other. There really is no enemy, right? So it's not the the new wave, you know, we're woke and you're not. Right. It's, it, it, is, it comes back to the total hippie, like uh, at the risk of sounding like a complete hippie, uh, the remembering that that we're one and that no matter with all these things going on, we are all okay. We're okay. Yeah. It, you know, it might get a little scary for a little bit. Um, if we do require coming apart even more before we come back together. Um, but we do have that choice at any time. You kind of strike me as one of these people that's like, totally cool with the chaos though like you're oh absolutely you're you're like you're like okay if shit starts hitting the fan that's when it's like almost like you're ready for it you know if that's what needs to happen for us to come together hell yeah because because you want the future where everyone's lit up yep yeah and i and i agree hopefully that's just like on the other side of the chaos there's only so much pain that people will go through before they have to look at it And sometimes there's casualties in that. Mm -hmm. And so do I want like horrific things to happen? I mean, it's not about me. What I want is for people 
to live feeling how they want to feel every day. Yeah. And, and most people, when you really get down to it, um, don't want to be miserable and have everybody else as the enemy. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot, you're right. There's a lot going on right now and it's hard to see a clean way out of it. Right. Like where it's, we all get out unscathed. Um, I mean, already we're not unscathed. Right. So, but everything's okay right now. (laughs) That's like, I mean, it's like, there's a lot going on, but again, there is the us that is beyond beneath and before any of these circumstances. Yeah. And if you go there, well, here's, here's, here's (laughs) another, like, since we're on the, that perspective, um, we'll riff on that for a sec. Like, let's just think about how okay it really is. Um, I mean, I've never had to fight in a war. You know what I mean? Like I've, we've lived in the most peaceful time, like statistically speaking, pretty much ever in the history of our race. So, I mean, and since World War II, we've, and since the atomic or the Manhattan Project and atomic energy, we've haven't really been able to have this like direct hardcore warfare anymore because of uh, mutually assured destruction, you know, with nuclear weapons and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So like, just from a violent standpoint, um, things are like pretty good. Like I don't live my life in fear. I mean, we're pretty blessed here in St. George. It's really safe. And there's, there's a billion other reasons to be grateful about the time we live in. And, and the problem is, is what we're going through this weird shift right now, where in the span of the last 15 years, uh, really probably less social media and iPhones have developed. And now we're like all completely glued to a screen that's telling us all of this shit about to be afraid of and to, and seeing the world all the time. And we're going simultaneously, like this technological revolution's happening, but simultaneously we're getting this new global awareness. I mean, fueled by the technology too, but like we're getting this new global awareness where um, like things like COVID now it's like within a day the whole planet knows about covid and we're all living in a different world where we're all locked down and no there's no tp to wipe our ass with and <laughs> like there's all this weird shit happening so human beings were we're it's like growing pains because of course there's going to be anxiety of course there's going to be these side effects when we're used to i mean when, when our ancestors evolved in the forest with like 20 other people you know and that was like the whole time that was all the time it was the nature and like less than 150 people that's a hunter-gatherer life Mm -hmm. so like we've we've we're still kind of like figuring out how to be modern humans um and i think we're doing a i think we're actually doing a good job figuring like we're we got to give ourselves a little credit because i think there's a lot of really awesome people i mean the fact that we're already uh trying to uh steer the ship in a better direction like a lot most people realize like there's some seriously there's some there's some shit that needs fixed most people realize that's kind of fucked and we need to find a way to steer it now unfortunately like not everyone's solution uh of how we're going to get there makes sense in my opinion like um I, I for instance like i don't subscribe like i don't think like getting behind some sort of savior hero character like trump's gonna like take us to the promised land yep. you know or that jesus is gonna come back and make all of our problems go away you know or or whatever like there's we're, we're probably gonna have to do this on a local community level like this has to happen one person at a time and then you touch the lives of the people around you and then we do this at a grassroots level and it's an organic thing that happens. That's the only way it's, it's, 
it, the, if the government's proven anything, it's that the top-down approach doesn't work. Yeah. That's what creates a life, right? Is each of us as individuals creating the life around us and our effect on other people, like you talked about, because we do. We have a major effect on other people, right? The person that you're bitching out at the counter you know, could be the person that is the only person that knows CPR in two hours when like your kid is at the pool. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and we do all affect one another, even if you don't look at it as like the hippie standpoint of we're all one, it's like, no, we're all part of this race. And, you know, we're talking about how we have to be kind of like proud of ourselves with the technology we have. I'm proud and impressed that we haven't killed all of ourselves, yeah, right? Seriously. Like blown up our planet, seriously. you know? And, and so we, we truly are in this together. Um, and we have to start remembering that. Yeah. We have to start remembering that, that we do affect one another's lives and that um, our pain that we choose to continue carrying affects other people's lives, even if it's just your partner, right? But then, you know, you're always yelling at your partner or on your partner's case because, uh, you know, controlling your partner or whatever because you have this fear inside you. Well, then they can't show up in the world the way they were intended to and it's affecting all these other people right it does it starts with with each person individually and uh you know we just have to be willing to take a look at it be brave enough to go all right you know what's my radical responsibility here as a human being how do i want to show up in the world for myself and for others yeah for yourself first like show up for yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. No, absolutely not. Yeah, you got to everyone listening, you should you should take care of you. Like that that's 100% not a selfish thing. It's like not a selfish act to want to be your best self because your best self wants to help everyone else. Your best self is the is a net positive for all the people around you. Um it's not a selfish thing to go take care of like it, it it's it's frustrating because you see people who are like burned out you see people who are super stressed who are just completely like at their wits end and it's like hey i love you come float i love you come do this do that you know what i mean you want to help you want to like point them in the right yeah because you know like i've been i've been like incredibly stressed and burned out and it's like and i know what helps with that mm -hmm. you know what i mean i happen to be in like the business of like <laughs> destroying stress so it's like that's the it's, it's, you just want to see people take like that initiative to give them the self care. And there's this disconnect where it's like, how, like, like you said, how far can it go before eventually they can't take it anymore? And then you got to like take care of yourself a little bit, or you just have a total complete breakdown. That's a choice too. Yeah. yeah that's a choice too. <laughs> so it's like, we, we have to decide how we're going to, uh, act in this, in these circumstances now, what we're going to do. And that, that's why I love stoicism so much is it's like, fuck all the external circumstances. Like those are not what you should even be worried about. Those are, those don't have any sway over what you do now. Like you get to decide your response to everything. Yes. And you get to decide like what you do in the, in the moment. And all there is is now. So all it is, is a bunch of moments where you are deciding which way to go. In those circumstances, 
are always going to change from moment to moment. The thing you're stressed out today, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm so stressed out. Well, you know, well, why? Right. Well, today it's this, right? Oh, well, yesterday it was that. And the day before it was something else or, you know, the, the circumstances are always going to be there and they're, they're ever changing, not going away. And so we have to learn to access the parts of us that, that are affected by that. Mm -hmm. And, um, as my coach will say, like clock time there. And, and from that space, that's the only space to connect to the space. that's just grateful to be alive. Um, it's the only space choosing yourself first that you can truly then be able to go out and help other people. If, if you're not in order, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of pain for yourself and other people around you. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, also like experienced this where I thought like I went and you know, did some healing and I'm like coming back like, oh yeah, I'm ready to like, I'm going to go just jack other people up to, <laughs> to go do awesome shit too or whatever. And I just got shown them. I mean, I got hit with all this resistance and realized like it took me a little while, but I realized like, oh, like the way to help people isn't just to go shove shit down their throat either. Like, and be the woke person who's like, you know, virtue signaling and saying like how much better your life is than their life or your choices are than their choices or that, you know, they, everyone needs to go do drugs or anything like that. Like the, the solution I think is to worry about you, take care of you and live your most authentic life, like live the best version of your life. And that's it. Like that radiates out. Yeah, that frequency is definitely felt and and attracts. I mean, I have more people that will write me on Facebook, um, you know, than I would ever have just go to my website or whatever. More people just contact me, you know, through Facebook or getting my number and just saying like, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. I just feel drawn to tell you this, that, you know, this is what I've been going through. This is where my pain's at and I'm ready to step out of it. What, what's my first step? Like, what do I do? And that's just from literally, you know, having that frequency of the, the joy and the peace that has come from being willing to take radical responsibility for these things in my life. Yeah. For your own, for your own circumstances. For my own shit. Yeah. And, and that's just, people see that and it's infectious and they're like, okay, so it's possible. It's possible. I can do this. You know? I can be free. Yeah, like yeah. Freedom. Exactly. Sovereignty. Um, so there's this, uh, so there's this idea of game B. Have you heard of, have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay. So game B, um, I'm, so, I'm really in- interested in it, but basically the idea is super simple. It's like if current civilization now is game A, <laughs> that were the, the shit show, the fucking train going <laughs> off the tracks like that we're in now is game A. Well, then game B is some alternative, right? And and we don't want to define it and limit it in some box, right? Because as soon as we like limit it to something, then it's not game. It's not truly game B. It's just some other hypothesis. But uh, game B basically is it's like the the design space that we're all thinking about, like, how can we make it better? Like, what's the best? So it has to obviously be like oriented towards human flourishing and not just human flourishing, but 
the flourishing of all other life on earth and so that we're actually equilibrium with our environment mm. you know it has to be anti-fragile like COVID has just shown us how fragile game a is and it just gave us a little inclination of like oh shit can go off the rails real quick you know and there's like these different these different kind of factors that people way smarter than me have been thinking about this problem right and one of the one of the things one of the properties of a game b society is that it would really have to be like emergent or in other words it has to happen not from the top down like like you know the government's got to go implement this better society or some company's going to do it or some profit or whatever it's not like some leader from the top down is going to go do this by force or by whatever it's going to have to happen emergently on the local level organically in different parts of the world and if it doesn't have that property it's not sustainable and then another property obviously is it has to be such a better option than game a that it naturally outcompetes game a and and, and at its own game do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. people will organically make the the change so to me like it's an interesting it's an interesting idea to think about because it if we're being honest like how much like i think game a is dated i mean i don't i don't think like obviously it's dated every civilization had an endpoint so ours is going to end at some point who knows how long who knows when but uh thinking about what comes next and thinking about like how to get there like maybe not even seeing the whole path obviously because that's like impossible but just knowing the first step like just knowing like how we can like what we can we do now what steps can we take now and this conversation that we're having about pain well to me dropping the dead weight dropping the baggage dropping the pain has to be step one has to be like the first step for everyone sure. on an individual level and you don't have to worry about society you just got to go inward and worry about your own shit and it's sometimes i feel like i'm beating a dead horse and i really don't want to just sit here and talk about pain all the time there's like so many awesome things we could we could explore and discuss and like you know get creative about where we're going next um and get into that second phase of like discovery mode which is really exciting and that's where it's like as soon as you drop the pain and the dead weight it's like holy fuck what what was it like to be curious like right. remember that feeling. curiosity is is huge and uh you know one of the games i love to play with my kids and just in my my own life is we call it how good can you stand it mm -hmm. and it's that's another uh you know thing i got from gay hendrix from the big leap um when you start to hit you know your upper limits of you know, I'm used to my happiness thermostat only being, you know, set to 78. Whoa, this is 80. This is dangerous. You know, I'm right. danger, danger, right? All the alarms going off. Like, what can I do to self-sabotage to bring it back right, down to right. not just a 78? Now we better bring it down to 76 for safety, right? And uh, I have some friends who do that, like self-sabotage. Mm, oh, yeah. I mean, so many you know, just relationships, life, work life, yeah. all these things. Sure, that, we all do. You know, a lot of people are constantly, constantly doing that and it takes man it takes hyper vigilance for sure um to to make sure and luckily again surrounding yourself in a community um of of when i the first time that i was really able to break through a big upper limit is um you know growing up as a, a female of course you're always going to have like your caddy girlfriend things where you know betrayal and arguments and this and that mm -hmm. and I had gotten to a point where I had little trust and and felt very unsafe in women friendships and it actually happened right down the street here I was at a retreat totally out of my comfort zone at the time this was a few years ago and you know it's 
I don't know, 15, 20, like conscious women and, you know, they're all flowy around and I'm pretty, I, especially then had a lot more masculine tendencies, very uncomfortable three day thing, two or three day thing I put myself into. And there was a moment where I felt so much love and so much connection that I had hit my upper limit and I felt myself retracting, right? Like, Oh, I need to hide. Right. I can't show who I am. I can't be who I am. I'm scared. I'm this, I, you know, and I felt myself retracting. And in that moment, because of the big leap and uh, you know, a lot of the, the things I had taken a look at internally, I reached out to four or five people around me, um, and just said, I'm upper limiting right now. Um, I push me like, I want to see how good I can stand it. Right. And they're just like hugging me and petting my hair and you know, Oh my gosh, this and that about you. And it like, I felt like I was going to explode in a good way and a bad way. Right. And then I was able to break through that glass ceiling. And, and again, just being willing to look at these things allows you to do things like that. And now I have the most amazing community of friends, um, the best friend literally that I've ever had in my entire life that knows everything about me and there's nothing in the world we can't talk about. And so you can always be looking at the ways that you can be more expansive and, and make every area of your life even better. Yeah. Totally. Discovery, right? Yeah. Just yeah. The, discovering the curiosity. a better, yeah, a higher ceiling, a higher limit yeah. and uh, expanding. Like, How can I be more me? How can I connect more? How kind of can... the definition of expansion, right? It's like yeah. every moment you're in new territory. Yeah. You know, you're in a place you haven't been before. It's, it's a frontier, right? Um, I, I feel like, like back to psychedelics, because I, I really think that they're, I don't want to say a magic pill ever about anything, but of the tools that it seems like we have now and, and, and at our disposal is kind of a stretch because it's still illegal in most States. Like there's well, two ketamine clinics. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's very true. But I'm, but I'm talking about like more of a mainstream, uh, uh, top down approach to psychedelics is like throw people in jail yeah it's it's an (laughs) it's an interesting subject um you know and it's actually one i joke about a lot when you know i'm going man stuff's going crazy right now it's like okay so what time is everybody in the world gonna take their mushrooms yeah (laughs) you know like that is game b right truly like if we could do that and maybe like well, if we could integrate the experience, then for sure. ketamine, then microdosing, psilocybin, yeah. and like have some mass integration. Yeah, the integration that's part is game B. is exactly that's where we evolve. Is the integration yeah, part because exactly. anybody can take a drug and and have a gnarly experience and um, maybe have a total experience of bliss or maybe they have a total experience of of fear. Whatever whatever it is, it's like. It's the integration that's gonna that's gonna help you evolve Absolutely. from there. It's a hundred percent necessary, and also having that community form too. Yeah, and having when you're going into the situation, the right intention to set the setting, so that you are creating the circumstances that are conducive to evolution. I'd still take everyone taking mushrooms at the same time and not having integration over not having everybody taking really? mushrooms at the same time. Really. 
Yeah, I mean, even, you know. Maybe. <laughs> even, I, I honestly, honestly. I always prefer the integration, but even if it, like, helped 80% I, of people. I just feel like that could. would be so, I mean, it would it would be so destabilizing to society. That we'd have to come together. Maybe, but you might. you might one another. The problem is with that, the problem if, like, this is my, like, rational side kicking in and just being <laughs> like, I'm thinking about it now. And it's like, well, you know, you, you, everyone takes mushrooms and then like the semi truck driver stops delivering groceries <laughs> and then like people start starving to death and there's like some kind of crazy shit as a, as a byproduct. But I, I, I'm a, the spirit of what you're saying. I a hundred percent agree with, we need to get behind things like psychedelics because if we don't, then I mean, not only are we wasting our most valuable resource, which is the resource that can help us uh, heal the sickness of the mind that we all have, heal the sickness of spirit, heal the sickness of ego, like basically where we're disconnected, where we're not in our authentic selves, where we're not seeing, we have this veil, you know, that we're, where we can't see clearly and we don't, we're cut off from our gifts and our tools, like yeah. our intuition and all the other amazing gifts that we have that we that we don't even know we have to offer um and really like we're wasting the potential for making this happen now instead of like putting it off it's it's like it's like the same argument with like climate change it's like so we're gonna wait when does the plan kick in like when do we start doing something because it's coming now you know it's hap it's all happening now and so to me we have to have conversations I mean, and it's already been happening. Obviously, MAPS has been doing incredible work and people have been, uh, you know, openly discussing psychedelics and, and researching it now for several years. And the results have been incredibly positive. And we're probably just a couple more years away from rescheduling uh, things like MDMA and psilocybin and seeing clinics open up where people can go and get this stuff done legally, which is really exciting. But uh, in places like say St. George and pretty conservative town, you know, like Utah, like why, why can't we just like make this shit happen? Yeah. Like what's, what's the resistance? What is the fucking resistance? Like that, that's stopping, that's stopping this from being, cause you're talking about like having a community around it. Right. And having the, these tools to integrate the experience that's essential. And if we're doing it in the dark in someone's basement, we're probably not getting the full extent of the tools because we're not able to, I mean, first of all, we're eliminating a large swath of people who need it, who won't do it because it's now taboo and illegal. And then in addition to that, we're, uh, we're, we don't have an above ground, like amazing facility or, you know, community or however this looks where, People can come and have an experience that's transformative and sacred and uh, useful, you know, for not just them, but for like the we all need these people. We we all need each other to be our best. And a lot of these folks too aren't trained in the integrations or aren't helping with the integrations after as well. And so, would it help people? Of course. I mean, unlike most things would, but you know, we see this in the, in the world of modern medicine, you know, even just with COVID, like we've been now talking about these things. Oh my gosh. Like, can you believe that we're coming on a year that we've been talking about social distancing and masks? How many times have you heard the government come out and talk about um, what vitamin C, zinc, high dose, vitamin A, I was talking to a naturopathic physician and the studies on just what St. John's wort could do 
right? They're not talking about boosting our immune system right. and making us healthier. It's all the fear side, right? Right. And if you think that the the government doesn't benefit from people being sick <laughs> and or dependent That's on the big government, ph- big like, pharma and big right? medical industries, the biggest industry. It's not around wellness. None of it is around wellness. And so we asked, like, you know, I'm doing the same thing. Like, why can't we just do this now? And then I go back to, like, okay, everything's perfect. Like, we're doing, you know, everything yeah. exactly, like, where it needs to be right now for the greatest good and, you know, for the evolution of our highest selves and as individuals and as a species. Like, it's all okay now. Um, but I think sometimes we need to get to a point where we're fed up before we do something about it. So, you know, now we've been at this modern medicine thing where we went from doing herbs and all this stuff and no doubt like modern medicine has brought some amazing life-saving, you know, for, for somebody that's thyroid isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> Having some, or, you or need, you need some acute injury, you need or, some surgery, right. Or somebody's blood pressure is 240, you know, over 110. Like these people need modern interventions. Medicine, yeah. Right. Uh, but as a whole, we should be looking at these other approaches when possible. And, Luckily, now we've been in this modern medicine thing long enough to where people are looking at their parents, their grandparents themselves and going, whoa. So they went into the doctor. They weren't really listened to. They were put on this medication and now they're on four more medications because of what that medication did. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same, the same thing. It's the same thing that's allowing people to become so dissatisfied that they begin looking at alternatives, right? There's only so many um, antidepressants that you can get before something like ketamine therapy, which is actually changing things in the body on a cellular level for the better, and go, hmm, maybe that's a good alternative. Like, there's only so disappointed we can get before we start looking at these other things. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, on a side note with ketamine, I feel like the real value there isn't necessarily what's happening on the on the cellular level of of the NMDA receptor being blocked or whatever. Like I, I feel like what's really powerful about it is the actual experience. So it's the reconnecting. It's the experience of feeling that unity, that oneness, that interconnectedness of, of all things or or being separate from your trauma, being you know, seeing it from a different perspective, seeing it from this place of, of safety, this place yep. of and remembering wholeness. that it's not you yeah, and it never said anything about you. But, but also one of the things I love about ketamine is, you know, like I was saying, as it's rebuilding and if you're taking that and, and reintegrating, you literally can look to rewire yourself moving. Oh forward. yeah, totally. I, I, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was, what I was trying to say is like just taking it in. Like, I feel like this, like I talked to Scott about Scott Allen about this on the podcast. It's like, there's a difference between just like, Hey, take this drug. Like I are just going to dose you chill for two hours. Then you can leave. Right. Versus let's try to create the intention to set the setting, the circumstances where you have an experience that's powerful that you can refer back to. Yeah. Not just today, but like down the road and, and feel that lingering, you know, connection that you've, that you 
glimpsed connection to yourself. And, you know, in the, in the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about people maybe not even understanding how miserable they are, like that. It's not normal to walk around in misery and hate and fear and anxiety and all these things. And so for a lot of people, they're touching that part of them for the first time. Yeah, you're describing... And recognizing what's possible. You're describing my first MDMA experience. Mm. It was like I, I had never felt that kind of self-love. Yeah. I had never felt it in my entire... Like as far as I could, had any memory of. And I think that's one of, one of the things too that we need to... You know, on the other side um, that we need to be careful of is like this is... These things can just be a signpost to what's possible without them. You know, I know a lot of people who... Um, you know, they're, they're, they go to a retreat and this back to integrations, they go to a retreat and it's like, Oh, everything's wonderful. And I have community here and like, I've connected with myself and then they go home and a week later they're like in a pit of despair because they haven't figured out that the magic isn't at the retreat or the rave or the rave or the in the middle of the ketamine journey like it's not these things are just signposts of the type of connection that is alive within ourselves that can be cultivated with the connection with ourselves yeah like truly finding that connection with ourselves on a daily basis and and again i'm such a broken record but the connection with ourselves beyond beneath and before anything outside of us that could possibly occur. Good, bad. It can be the greatest thing, right? Like somebody's like showing up with a horse trailer full of 12 quarter horses for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. that would be rad. So it's not just beyond beneath and before like the bad stuff. It's beyond beneath and before any good thing that can show up in my life too. It's like, no, there's nothing better than this. There's nothing better than what I have going on inside. Right. That going to the, going to the rave to get, uh, the, 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 the solution to your, you know, to your boredom or to your depression or to whatever, that's looking for an external thing yeah. to, you know, to, to like, you're, you're essentially creating a dependency and a crutch, right? It's never sustainable. Right. Waiting for the next endorphin hit to right. at, at a retreat just doesn't work. What these things are signposts of, of what's possible, the, the type of connection you can feel within yourself and that you can create in the world outside of you as well. And so using these things as just that, like this is what's truly possible and remember, you know, helping using it to help you remember this is who I truly am. Yeah. When you peel away all the rest of it, this is who I truly am. And that's one thing that I think floating or that floating is so beneficial for is as you're laying there and you're stripping everything else away and and you get into that space of peace and you're just like peace and surrender into who and what I am, which then again loops around to the connection with all things in creation. Like I am this tiny thing and yet I am everything. And yeah, it's a great, like Scott said, non-pharmacological intervention. Like it's a, it's an amazing, <laughs> like it. it's an amazing way to reconnect without, you know, like, especially if you're somebody who's, uh, who thinks, you know, I have an addictive personality mm-hmm. or I can't trust myself, you know, to go into, go try these substances or whatever, then maybe you don't go straight to psychedelics. Like maybe you go to these other tools, right? 
that we've been talking about. The like modality floating. doesn't really matter. It's the, the, at their purest form, they should all just be a signpost back to you. Yes. I love that. You know, it's, yes. and that's where people, well, what's your favorite modality? What's your favorite thing? I'm like, well, that <laughs> whatever's going to remind you who the hell you are. Yeah. And, and I can't do MDMA every morning, but I can do yoga every morning. I mean, you, you know? could do MDMA <laughs> every morning. <laughs> wouldn't be, it wouldn't last for <laughs> wouldn't too long. It wouldn't be very sustainable. Yeah. It wouldn't last for very long um, before that started to break down. <laughs> but yeah, I, you're, oh man, I had this, I had this thought that I was just barely going to go with and I lost it. But uh, yeah, the, the potential, the potential for reconnection with the psychedelics is probably to me the, of any of the the, the quickest solutions to through this mm -hmm. m massive pain and trauma and all those things that we're dealing with collectively, it seems like the the, the best solution at, that we have at our disposal right now. And okay, so this is what I was going to go with. It seems like the most, when I listen to the most like uh, articulate, intelligent people in this space mm. talking about psychedelics, they all share kind of a similar opinion that it should be done... Uh, that we should, it, it should be done through the proper channels type of thing. Mm. Like it should be, and, and, and I don't necessarily mean like that we should, um, that you shouldn't have sovereignty to take whatever you, like to put whatever you want in your, in your body. Like I personally think every drug should be decriminalized because if I don't have sovereignty over consciousness, if I, I don't get to choose what state of consciousness I want to experience, do I really have freedom of anything? That's the most fundamental thing. It's like my own consciousness, my own experience. What, what you should then be like, your laws come into place to, to affect me and how I treat others for sure. Like if I'm on bath salts and I rip someone's face off, like then you should hold me accountable for my actions. But if I'm on bath salts just because for whatever reason I decided to do bath salts in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> like who gives a flying fuck? Like that's my <laughs> freedom, right? Like, and if I don't have the freedom to put something in my body, uh, unless it's something that's on the list of things that's okay, like sugar or opiates or tobacco or caffeine or any of the other things that are totally fine to do until I'm dead, like at an early age because of it, <laughs> like <laughs> from heart disease or something. Like if, if, if I can only do like the okayed list of things, but not the don't go here list of things, like that doesn't seem like a free society to me at all. So like, I totally think we should have sovereignty to do what we want. But that being said, we should have at least a cultural norm. Like we should have some sort of uh, avenues in place, like uh, channels in place that give people the sacred, like inform people as to what this experience is. You know sure. what I mean? Because you're coming in blind. You're coming in not knowing what's going on. And so it's like you need a, 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 a setting and people and facilitators and, and guides or whatever that know the sacredness of the experience and that they know the importance of this experience and the vulnerability that, you, you know, of this experience to go into to go into that experience, um, you know, like to go into a rave like I've done this, like to take acid and go to a rave and then just get ripped wide open. And then like you're in this massive crowd of, of strangers and a billion different energies and, you know, like, the, and it's just like showing you the most horrific realities, right? And you're just there on this untethered little cell bouncing around in this crowd. Like, sure, go get that experience if you want it. But that's, 
that's going to have certain consequences. You know what I mean? You're going to get, you're going to get a certain type of experience in that setting. And most people like that's a lot of people's first experience because they don't, they don't know any better. Like then there's no other proper way to do it. And, and that's turning into some sort of rite of passage instead of like the rite of passage where we have this like respect and the sacredness towards it that results in a powerful like rite of passage into this new version of you um, that's that's you know connected and aware and that you can take that experience and it's like fuel for your life um, and then maybe come back to it when you're ready for when you're ready, to, when you've integrated and you're ready to go be beyond, you know, you're ready to yeah. go further. And there, there is such a difference between utilizing these things for recreation versus healing. I mean, I grew up in San Francisco Bay in the rave era. <laughs> like, nice. I definitely played, right? <laughs> it was, it was fun. <laughs> and later on in adulthood using these same things that were a completely different experience for healing. You know, the first time I was like, wait, so I'm going to take ecstasy and it's just like this man and I, right? Like, right. <laughs> I apologize for anything I do, you know, yeah, I, mean? yeah. I apologize in advance for my, like, but where's the DJ? Like, and, right. Like, you know, my Pandora's right here for when that time comes and the, with the intentions of it and the energy around it, it was a completely different experience, completely different experience where I had always utilized it for an outward experience. And part of that outward experience was because I truly didn't know how to connect or didn't feel safe connecting with others. That was the way that I felt so connected to everything. Right. Um, and it's, uh, when you're using that, it's no longer an authentic experience. It's no longer a healing experience. Although again, it was a lot of fun as a 16 year old, right. Um, you know, with Berkeley and Oakland yeah. and San Francisco right there, it was in some ways it was beautiful growth, uh, but completely different from using it in the hands of somebody who's using it in a tool for healing. And I remember being surprised at the end um, of my first journey with some of these things was like, whoa, that's completely different from an experience I've had using this I, uh, hundreds of times, right? I can't even imagine how many times I did when I was younger. And so just having experts in that field who understand, and then also the same ones that can help you with integration, it, it changes everything. It takes it from something that could potentially be damaging to a tool. I think the same thing applies to cannabis too. Of course. Yeah. And, and so it's just, we, we've, uh, so here's my, this is even sort of my like experiences. Like I, I, um, I grew up in a small little town, uh, fundamentalist, you know, Mormons and, um, eventually got enough, uh, information Cause it's like the, the way that you, you know, my, the information coming in, it's not like I was like living in some total, like, un, you know, under a rock where I couldn't get access to information, but it's like, you know, when you're in a bounded reality or a reality bubble or tunnel or however you want to look at it, there's just certain info because of our biases as humans, there's just so much information that you won't even go seek or the information that if you come into contact with it, you immediately file it away and you won't you won't um, even go there. So it took some time before I was able to get, you know, pop that bubble and see beyond my little pond. And then 
exit the pond and, and go beyond that. But then what I found was like, okay, so it seems like in this greater pond, um, the goal might be to get some status, get some money, go get chase, chase those things, you know, have a good time, party, drink a lot of alcohol. And it, it took time before I, you know, it took a couple of years, but then realizing like, okay, this is also not everything that there, like, this isn't the whole picture. Yep. This can't be all that there is. Right. And then I eventually, you know, encountered psychedelics and cannabis, right. And then psychedelics, but it's like this experience with psychedelics first time MDMA at a rave, amazing heart opening experience just changed my entire life. Like immediately like 180, like, okay, now there's some self-love. Like now I have a, a gym routine and I'm not going to drink as much. And like, it was progress for sure. But a couple more raves, you know, like another a year later, mm -hmm. you know, of raving. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, this isn't all that there is either. Yeah. Like I'm seeing all of these people that are just coming, coming back and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And there's, where's the growth? Like this isn't actually an experience promoting growth. It's, it's an escape for Still so many people. Seeking something outside of ourselves is the answer. Right. And there's nothing at all wrong with like getting together and dancing. Like I, I've missed the fuck out of festivals. It's one of the greatest things in the world to Dude, do. Dude, it's the, it is. And it's like the worst part about this pandemic really is like, we can't like dance and get together for some reason. Uh, but the, 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 the rave scene doesn't fulfill the, uh, the, the real purpose of the, the, I wouldn't say if, if, if you could say, cause the med, the medicine or the psychedelics or whatever you want to call it, it's just a neutral thing. And so to the, to the extent that you could say there is a purpose for them, right? Like to me, the more, the, the more apt application, the more like timely application, the thing that we really need to get behind is using them for healing because we're so desperate for healing right now. Yeah. And they happen to be like the genie in the bottle for that. It's, it's bizarre. Hands down. Yeah. And so I'm super stoked for it, but to integrate, uh, that type of an experience, do you feel like hypnotherapy is, um, is, is a powerful tool for taking somebody from like, let's say who's recently gone through that experience? Cause I know it's, it can be destabilizing and it even days, weeks later, you're still trying to process. I mean, it took me way longer than weeks to process my South America uh, journey. So it's like, what, what do you, how do you feel about, um, that as a tool? to, to kind of help people integrate what they've learned. Yeah. I think it's, um, it definitely can be a little bit more of a gentle way. Um, I think the support, I think there's a little bit, can be a little bit more support as far as integration goes. Um, and I've seen benefit for both before and after, well, and without, so, and without, um, psychedelics. So for so you're example, saying hypno before a, yeah, a journey, hypno yes, after a journey or just hypno on itself. So right, let's right. say there's, you know, a person that is absolutely not going to do psychedelics, right? Yeah. Not going to happen, whether for health or just something they have going in their life, that's not going to happen. Then you're still accessing this same place, right? I can take somebody to the same place of, connecting with their higher selves, connecting with their heart, releasing anything that doesn't belong, releasing patterns and beliefs they've been carrying. It's the same, it's the same goals, right? You can get there 
through hypnotherapy. Um, and it's a, a beautiful way to reconnect with yourself and, and find even just locating these goals of the things that you need to work on. Yeah. Uh, the benefits prior to would be, you know, anytime if you're starting on like a level two, um, in, in your journey before you go into a psychedelic experience, you'll get, you know, maybe to a level seven. Whereas if you can locate and identify these things through hypnotherapy that, that you really want to focus in on and target in on, maybe you're starting at a four or five. That's going to get you. So you you see it as a way to like enhance that uh, power of intention is the rudder for yes. your experience I while look, your journey. I look at it on both sides. You know, we talked about, you know, don't always want to talk about the pain side, but that's one aspect that, especially for most people, that's a trigger to, to uh, the catalyst for wanting things to change. Right. Um, and so if, if you can start that process, then you're just going to be that much further ahead. And then maybe for somebody who's already been through journeys or have, have already taken themselves to a point, you know, maybe they're already at a seven, you can always step it up more. Again, that's my ideal person is, you know, so you're already rocking it in 98% of areas of your life. How good can you stand it? What oh, else, okay. you know? And, and so that's where I see hypnotherapy being, so powerful is that there's no end to it. There's not a person in the world that couldn't come and, and experience something. But the way that you guys, uh, practice your, your empowerment agents. So you're trying to give people a toolkit as opposed to give people, um, just a session. Exactly. Exactly. One of the most recent things, um, that actually Tamara created is a, course that's for free for people who come through with us that teaches people how to access this subconscious space herself. And that's where, um, hypnotherapy is so different is that, you know, you're not, you're not always able to do psychedelics and not everybody's going to do that. Um, but we're not always operating in this subconscious space. And so we're taking you to a space that, um, a lot of people have to work really hard to get there. Right. And so it's, you know, nine out of 10 modalities are going to be more conscious mind stuff. We're diving into the subconscious where really everything is living. Those rose colored glasses about life and circumstances and everything that presents to you. That's, that's that area where it's created. But if you can tap into that space at any time yourself, my gosh, I mean the, the sky's the limit. I mean, I hypnotize myself all the time and go into that subconscious space. And, and from that space, I can check in and really honor my hell yeses and my nose very clearly. Um, which, you know, we talk about how much of a, a life can you build if, if everything you're authentically checking in and saying, you know, is this for my highest good? Like, is this truly in alignment with who I am at the core? Um, you know, that's, those are stepping stones to creating just a magical life of things that fire you up and and really being able to share your gifts. And so, you know, we want people to be able to access that on their own, because again, the, the point isn't seeing somebody over and over. The point is changing our human experience here on earth, Mm -hmm. individually and collectively. Yeah. I got to get in with a session with Tamara. Yeah, she's oh man. <laughs> Tamara's rocking. She uh, you know, I have I have my very specific clientele. Tamara has so many modalities up her sleeve that 
I mean, it's she's yeah. Just, I wanna I want to uh, I want to experience this uh, hypnotherapy and then get into the float tank after. Yeah, that's the way to do it because I mean, in hypnotherapy, like we don't need any help getting people relaxed. Like we can put somebody into hypnosis and and they can be in that state. But if you can go into a hypnotherapy session and um, one of the ways that I see it too, and and I know we've talked about this before, is you know you have this. Uh, this aquarium and you go in there and you shake everything up, you know, you go and you like take the vacuum and you put it in the little pebbles on the bottom of the fish tank. And then there's all this sediment that rises up, you know, you're like, you're taking a deep dive into the areas where, where these things have been living. And, uh, some of it kind of sticks around for a little bit. Right. And you've awoken to, some of the things you need to look at and if you awoken to the possibilities of how glorious things can be. And so to get into that space and do what you need to do, let go of some things and then start venturing into the world of possibilities, the curiosity of how deep you can go, how far you can go, how good can you stand things? How connected can you be with yourself? And you go float for an hour immediately after that, your world is going to be rocked. I mean, it's like, you know, two things that are, um, so closely related and have such synergy that they magnify one another for sure. Yeah. You know, 10 I mean, times the potency. And then we got to find a way to, to bring, make that available while you're floating. So like, uh, we could get, get some sort of awesome, uh, track. Tamara's actually working on that right now. We were just talking about that last week. Amazing. Yep. Cool coming soon yeah true north float yeah exactly (laughs) so so starting tomorrow i think um will be the first uh hypno sessions here we're doing them on thursdays so uh, yeah that's exciting like another another uh reason to i guess um well i shouldn't say reason to float but it's another thing another tool that you could pair with floating as well yeah how and that's the question you know i put out on social media, like how deep do you want to go? You know, obviously if people are coming in here to float or if people are coming into hypnotherapy, they're ready. They're ready. And, and whether that's on the healing side or the expansion side, you know, I know a lot of us, like we've gotten to that point where it's like, I just want to expand. Like how good can it get? And it can do both. Um, and, and so for someone who's ready, how deep do you want to go? How good do you want it? How good can you stand it? Pairing those two, the synergistic effect, um, is it will rock your world. Yeah. The, the, there's a, there's definitely, there's different people at different places in their life. And so there's some people who come in and they, they want to float just cause they have back pain and you know, there's a massage coming for that too, you yeah. know, and yoga for that too. So it's like, you can actually definitely, work with your physical, your physical pain, but hypnotherapy, it just seems like another way to dive, like you said, down into the subconscious. And so like, I'm a hundred percent like here, it's all about heal, discover, transform. Yeah. And so if anything that can, that, that, where, where there's overlap, where we can bring these things in together and help people, uh, get the most bang for their buck, you know, um, it's cause if, you know, if you have those people who, who make that decision, it's like, okay, now, I'm betting on me. I'm focusing mm-hmm. on taking care of me and they want to be able to like, it, rather than, rather than just going like on this, like explorative journey of like, okay, well, 
trial and error, everything that might may or may or may not work. It's like, well, here's the shit that's already worked for us, you know, and here's the, here are the things that work well together as well. So, uh, just to kind of like get that, um, synergistic effect where it's greater than the sum of the parts and you're getting more than out of your experience than you would have gotten at either place separately because you're pairing them together a hundred percent yeah, yeah i when, can't wait to do it like i mean i float and i yeah. hypnotize myself all the time like i absolutely cannot wait to come and see tamara yeah. and then float after yeah it's like, exciting no doubt i will be one of the first people who come well when i get back from my my trip that'll oh be yeah you're going to you're going to costa rica costa rica tomorrow so yeah. what's that about so there is a local group, um, Global Education Philanthropist. Uh, Cami Boker is uh, the founder of that nonprofit. Yeah, I feel like I've met Cami, or I. Oh, I'm sure. She's been in here, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and they work in the community and across the globe for child uh, sex trafficking. Um, I've done one trip with her previously to the D- Dominican Republic where, uh, and this is very typical of what she'll do is she'll f- find, um, partners in communities in these places in the world and go in and bring more education, more empowerment to the community. Um, so that as more people are educated, they understand that they have more choices, maybe have more possibilities in life. And then also working with locals who are trying to end sex trafficking in those areas so this um, I'm going for what 11 days or something like that and there is a community type center down there an equine center where they help with um, the recovery process after somebody a victim has been rescued from sex trafficking and so we're setting up different um, spaces there like meditation spaces and things for uh, to just help aid in their healing and and so infusing love down there and then also having kind of like a grand opening ceremony type thing and then of course there'll be some playing and stuff because it's all costa rica healers going down too and of course you know like we're talking about filling our own cup um so that we can help more people yeah so yeah just um sharing love with the world and um helping people know i was talking about this with my kids the other day you know my daughter was asking me uh she really wants to go to Prague, which you know probably because i'm obsessed with it you know she's eight and and she really wants to go to Prague, you know and so she's asking me uh you know i know i can't go to costa rica but can we go to Prague to help the people i'm like sweetheart the people in Prague don't really need our help you know like there's other places like maybe we can go to nepal or whatever and she's like yeah okay we'll go to nepal we'll bring a medicine you know and all this stuff and i'm like so, okay, so let's say we do fill our suitcases with medicine and we go to Nepal. I said, how long do you think the medicine that we'd give people would last? You know, and she's like, well, you know, I I don't know. I'm like, probably, you know, a couple weeks to a month maybe. And then it's gone, right? So are we really helping people? She's like, well, yeah. I mean, if we bring a medicine, we're helping people. I'm like, yeah, do you know, like the number one thing that we can bring these people. No, absolute number one thing. Like what? I'm like, like our love. Letting them know, just like the person at the store or, you know, the neighbor or whatever, like you are seen and you're cared for and you are loved. So no matter what the trip is, right? 
that's the that's the end and it it goes far beyond it's just like going to retreat it goes far beyond that you know this killer trip i'm about to take it's like if we walk around and it's true authentic like you are seen you are loved and you are known and like somebody gives a shit about you like that's what came out of dominican republic you know somebody cares yeah somebody cares about you like you're not just here suffering not having food and medical care like i could give them a month worth of food but then they go right back it's like no like you're seen you're known and you're loved and that never goes away uh yeah i mean if you're hungry (laughs) the food helps though for sure absolutely (laughs) and that but that's part of it right that's part of the things you do when you're there yeah and and but what really transforms is how everybody starts showing up for each other in life yeah it's awesome that you're using travel in in that way where you're not just taking a vacation to uh you know forget about the evils of the world or whatever it is you know to to put the put our life on pause and for you know just go have a good time you're you're to you a good time is helping people too and that's that's awesome i mean conscious travel is something that we should should definitely think more about because consumerist travel is typically the way we travel um and it's just about you know whatever buying an experience right and you'll find probably that the better more authentic experiences actually are free or you know it's when you go volunteer or when you go and and uh, i think it's a yes and too i mean that's truly part of my being and what fuels me is seeing all these you know glorious places really experiencing all these glorious places in the world you know um i one of my favorite things to do is go to europe like obsessed literally obsessed um and i think a lot of it behind it is the intention and you know it's never taking a break from life like shitty day shitty life shitty day shitty life oh my gosh let me take an escape you know for two weeks and everything will be fine there and i'll come back home and then go back to terrible 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 like i'm gonna live for you know like a lot of the people living for their two weeks of vacation like i can be happy for two weeks this year and maybe one saturday you know so brutal but the intention too i know a lot of this uh, when i do go travel and i try i try and split it up you know do one big trip um, you know, maybe to Europe and then a humanitarian trip and stuff like that. Uh, I think the point one is knowing what fills my cup so that I can go help other people. Like I couldn't do what I do on a daily basis if I didn't, um, do the things that light me up and and fire me up. Um, but also again, just the daily of no matter where I am in the world, whether it's the gas station or Prague, um, to share that love and infuse that everywhere I go. Yeah, that's a try. Yeah, that's an amazing thing to live by, to remember. It's hard it's hard sometimes to so people forget, you know. Um to take care of themselves and then they forget to love others. And know? that is taking care of yourself because it you know, those days that you're so on fire and everywhere you go, you know, you're lighting people up and you know, there's days where I'll be so excited just about the fact that I did wake up today and didn't get squashed like an ant miraculously, you know, along my journey. Um, those are the days that I'm running through a parking lot, like leaping up in the air and like 
watching other people as they walk by and they're laughing and smiling and it, you know, lights them up and whatever, like those are the days I feel most alive. And so really that is taking care of myself too, is living in joy. And, um, you know, I think the more time we clock there, just like anything else, just like working out or whatever, the better we feel, the better we want to feel. And the more we bring in those experiences, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Um, well, this has been a rad conversation for sure. Um, I'm, it sounds like you're going to have a, an awesome time in Costa Rica. I, I had a really amazing, amazing time when I was there. That is a recharging place. Just like when you can get back to that beautiful, pristine nature and yeah. that in and of itself. The green. I just, yeah, I, I can't wait to be in the green and all like the nature sounds and the water, mm. the healing waters and just, mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. And you in Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah. This, I don't know. I don't know if I'll end up getting another podcast out before I go or not, but, uh, yeah, Columbia, Columbia is happening. Um, it's coming up actually a couple weeks and I got to get this. (laughs) So I, I made it one of the reasons why I wanted to, to make this trip happen too, was because I knew it forced me to get the float center up, you know, able to function independent of me. Because if it doesn't, I mean, it's going to burn to the ground because I'm not, I'm <laughs> going to be, I'm going to be off the grid. <laughs> I'm going to be off the grid for at least, uh, 12 days. So that's going to be, uh, you know, un, uh, completely unreachable. So it's like, hopefully, uh, we've got our shit together and I think we do. I feel really, I think you do too. Yeah. I feel really, really, um, confident and grateful for our team. Um, it's, it's been it's been uh, a really fun little process. Like it was really stressful trying to get open and launched. And then after the first couple of weeks, like we're able to start to get a rhythm and, and, and now everything seems like it's going really well. Um, and we've gotten an incredible reception. Like we're in our third month right now and just seeing how many floats we've done and how many people are coming through and, new people are coming in and like hearing about us. It's really encouraging. So I'm excited about, uh, this trip to Columbia because it's like, it's kind of a, the next phase for the business. You know what I mean? Sure. Cause it's like, okay, now it's a thing. It can be a thing separate from me a little bit where I don't have to be in it all the time to, or, or worried about it all the time. I can prove to myself that like it can, ex- we can exist. Yeah. That you've got it got it to this space and yeah the feedback in the community especially with practitioners and healers and alternative modality practitioners that I've sent through here everybody's just digging it and loving it and that in and of itself just brings that energy through here and yeah love what you're doing yeah love obviously what, love what you're doing yeah teaming up with you man <laughs> yeah I'm excited I'm excited to have you guys here and um hypnotherapy mixed with floating paired with floating is going to be uh i think it's gonna be really powerful i'm excited to see how that uh helps people with their own journey their own transformations you know yep and then going out and sharing that with others and mm-hmm. helping bring everybody home walking everybody home yeah we've got this yeah well you've been uh you've been incredibly uh i don't even know the right word because it's like a combination of like uh, friendly, useful, proactive, uh, like you've done all of these things for no other reason. Like, like for, I, I just walked into your house one day and you know, ever since you've just been like a hundred percent in my 
corner mm. and for for no apparent reason <laughs> <laughs> i see what you're so doing I, man i think <laughs> there's I think a big reason <laughs> i i honor i honor what you're doing what you're doing is fucking awesome and Thank it's you. it's infectious and it makes me want to do the same for others sweet cool thanks sarah thank you so there you have it folks i hope you enjoyed that episode of the true north podcast with sarah McAllister. Um, if you want to connect with sarah you can uh, get her website which is alignedmindhypnotherapy.com or Instagram, just at Aligned Mind Hypnotherapy. Um, feel free to reach out to her. Like she said on the podcast, not just about hypnotherapy, but she's just an awesome person to know um, if you're local here, especially um, if you're going through a lot or uh, anything else. So, um, yeah, and if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that would be to share it, give us five stars, you know, leave reviews. All those things are, are helpful. And, um, Support True North Float, which is the the jet fuel for the podcast. We, like I said earlier, have hypnotherapy sessions now. So if you want to come see what that's all about, if you, if that's piqued your interest with this conversation and you want to experience it personally, um, we have those av- sessions available on Thursday. Uh, and and everything, all of our services are much much cheaper for members members here. So. Whether it's hypnotherapy, yoga, massage, fire and ice, or floating, all of it's 33% cheaper if you are part of our, our True North Tribe membership, which is only 50 bucks a month. The membership is essentially just uh, my way of trying to make floating as accessible as possible for everybody, and then also simultaneously create like a secure business model that you know allows this to be sustainable. Um, and, and allows us to not have to be anxious about paying our bills. So membership's very, very simple. 50 bucks a month comes with one credit you can use uh, for floating or fire and ice. And then any additional credits that you want to purchase, they're going to be at the reduced 33% off price. So floats are 50 bucks, fire and ice is 50 bucks, private yoga sessions are 75 bucks, massage is 75 bucks, and hypnotherapy is 150 all those much cheaper than the regular pricing. And I'm doing that just to incentivize people to create sort of a, a practice or a, um, a little bit of a routine where you can come at least once a month and get that recharge effect that, you know, brings you back to center and keeps you connected. And, um, you know, sort of like a, a good just maintenance program, I guess. Um, obviously, we have members who, who use, use this facility way more than just once per month. And that's totally cool. If you do decide, like a couple of our members who are who are unlimited members, it's the same kind of membership. You pay 50 bucks a month. But if you come five times in a month, in other words, if you've paid 250 bucks uh, in, in credits, then the rest of the month you have unlimited floating. Uh, and so that's something, and also unlimited fire and ice. So we're just trying to make this as affordable and as accessible for people who really want to use it and take advantage of it as a tool. Um, and the membership has absolutely no contract. Like there's, there's, I'm not trying to make people pay for shit they're not using. So if you ever want to pause or cancel your membership, that's totally fine. There's no obligation or contract. Um, we just, you know, hope that you'll, you'll give it a fair shot and, and see for yourself what it's all about. And then we're confident at that point, people are going to want to continue, you know, coming here. And, And so far it's been nothing but good feedback. So, um, yeah, if any of this is, is interesting you and uh, getting you interested in, in exploring, whether it's hypnotherapy or just floating or anything else, 
uh, come on down and, and try us out and uh, check it out online. More information at tnfloat.com. Much love, everyone. Peace. Peace.